the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Bell Media and TSN 1050. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. Good morning, slackers. I'm about to apologize beforehand because for some reason, last night my body was not behaving the way that it normally does. And I started burning up with fever. It's <laughs> like, what? My brain started to fry again. And this morning, the only reason why I'm doing this is because I believe that today is, is an important show. And I, I look forward every week to share some thoughts and ideas with you all. And, um, and hopefully we can all together learn something new. Um, the lines, as usual, they're open. Uh, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And um, you call us. Whatever is on your mind, you are going to call me and talk to me about. Now, I always put a disclaimer out that uh, even though the show is about automotive, we don't restrict it to automotive topics all the time. You know, cars are pretty boring, and um, I'm not much of a car guy myself. It just happens to be my areas of studies. And um, so on that basis, car advice is the only advice that you should ever take from me. Any other sort of advice, whether it's on relationships, in politics, in philosophy, in literature, in just general knowledge, don't take my word for it. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to figure things out as I go along, just like you are. And um, this is for all of us. It's one of the last sacred places that we have here in the GTA for us to have an actual real conversation with real people, with someone that is not a talking head. Uh, I'm not a broadcaster. Well, I guess by definition, I guess I am. I'm, I'm talking to you this morning. But um, I, I haven't been classically trained to do this. Do I make mistakes on air from time to time? Yeah, of course. The, the show is not scripted. It's all a set of stream of consciousness. And when you ask me a question... We really have to think of the answer for you on the fly. So there was a lot of there's a lot of stress and in, uh, in, in energy that goes into the show, trying to provide each and every one of you uh, a credible, fun, entertaining, insightful, uh, and perhaps educational experience, and, and that makes me super happy. 
Uh, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. Uh, and, but we, no, we don't shy away from anything. So 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And, um, the show, as, as usual, uh, is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And I know you may say, ah, you know, everybody else is doing it. Well, they're not doing it the way that we are doing it. Um, you know, incidentally, uh, all throughout COVID, uh, in, actually last year, for the full year, we, uh, we have zero turnover at the store. You know, it's, it's, it's unheard of. Um, you know, especially in, in our variable side of the operation, our sales team in the front is the exact same team that we had last year. And uh, that's something that doesn't happen very often in the car industry. Um, we train the people from the ground up. Um, I try to stay away from people with experience, but, you know, it's, it's not a deterrent, but we never know really what has been taught to these people by previous stores. And I don't want to hear about, oh, my old store, we used to do it this way. I don't care. We, uh, we do it differently and, um, uh, we try to make a difference. The, um, this, this week was an interesting week for me, uh, simply because we had a giant winter storm on Monday. And for the first time since I remember, I think, uh, we actually shut the store down. We were completely snowed in. There was no, there was, <laughs> there was no getting in or out of the, uh, of the lot. Uh, cars were completely buried and, um, almost, you know, 85% of the entire staff just couldn't make it out of their driveway. Now, I'm fortunate enough that I live in a condo here, um, in Dundas and Trafalgar, and, um, I, you know, clearly we don't have the snow problem in the underground parking, but uh, still, usually it takes me about seven or eight minutes to get to the office. And uh, that morning, it, it was just about an hour that it took me to get there. Um, you know, I hope that um, anyone and everyone that, was driving around on Monday without snow tires, uh, understand the importance of listening to people like myself that are constantly reminding you that I, I, I know that you were born and raised here and that you have been driving in snow for a very, very long time and you know how to handle things. But I couldn't possibly emphasize enough the amount of additional safety that you can put on a vehicle if you put snow tires on. It's, it's unreal. Um, I, I drive a tank, and uh, it, it was like it, I was cutting through the snow like butter. And it, you couldn't have done it with regular tires. It simply it doesn't happen. And you, you, you always see the same types of cars on the side of the road, you know, whether it's BMW 3 Series or Honda Civic. You know, they go too fast. They don't put uh, uh, snow tires on. A lot of people that drive those vehicles are reaching. And uh, inevitably, you're going to get into some trouble. How was your week, Austin? I know that uh, uh, you were telling me that the uh, the studio down south got three centimeters of uh, snow, and uh, they had to they had to shut down, or what happened? Yeah, that was in Atlanta. Just uh, the ESPN radio that was on before you. Uh, I don't think they're not used to the snow in the south, so you know you hear about that all the time. It's like in England, their their pipes are all on the outside of the houses, so when it goes below freezing or it gets cold, uh, their pipes freeze over. So it's just interesting, you know, Canadians built different. Well, you know, we, we, we are built different. I, uh, <laughs> you know, we closed the store on Monday and on Tuesday and Wednesday. We spent pretty much all day. I, I didn't go to the office on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, the entire crew was outside just shoveling snow, moving cars, getting vehicles started. And uh, it's something that you need to do. You need to make the, the lot look like you're actually open for business. And um, is you know is is the day to day activities in a car dealership. 
you know, you, you know who comes out and help. <laughs> you also know that once they go and hide, <laughs> it's, it's fascinating to see every single snowstorm. We all know in the car industry who's going to come out and help and who's going to hide saying that they need to make phone calls. Meanwhile, they're never making phone calls. <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted to share with you folks um, something that happened this week. OMVIC, uh, the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council, it's perhaps one of the most misunderstood, I would say, in vilified institutions in Ontario, especially when it comes to the car industry. Um, I think that many, many people that are associated with them, and uh, for those of you that don't know what that is, is the ruling body uh, for the car industry. Very simple. They, um, they are in charge of several things, and I'm going to run uh, these things by you. Um, because it's important that you, uh, that you understand this. Now, the, um, traditionally, they're, they're supposed to, or people think that they work for the dealerships, but they, they don't. Um, they, they are a, uh, the middleman when it comes to, um, mediation between the consumer and the dealer. So whenever there are complaints, you call OMVIC, you know, OMVIC tries to answer the questions. They always refer back to the dealership. And then they, they have the, the responsibility of listening to all sides, all parties. So we like to think that they're, they're pretty impartial. So a couple of the things that uh, OMVIC is, um, you know, has the responsibility of doing. Uh, number one, they enforce in compliance and uh, they, they take, um, they take the discipline process um, from, from an administration standpoint. Uh, in relation to car dealerships. You know, OMVIC enforces Ontario's consumer protection legislation related to vehicle sales. In carrying out the role, OMVIC utilizes the following. This is what they do. They do inspections. OMVIC's inspectors conduct routine inspections of registered dealers to ensure the ongoing compliance with the legislation. And, uh, you know, this is mostly part of the Consumer Protection Act. Um, next, they are in charge of discipline. Breaches of OMVIC's code of ethics by a dealer or a salesperson is grounds for OMVIC's registrar to issue a notice of disciplinary action, which starts with the disciplinary process. For more information about the disciplinary process, you can, you know, go into the website, Ontario uh, OMVIC, O-M-V-I-C, and uh, you can find a little bit more about this. Now, there is a point to this, folks, and uh, just bear with me. I know that this is just... Uh, car business vernacular, but uh, if you, if there is a, a car in your life, this at some point will apply to you. Uh, investigation and prosecution. OMVIC investigators are appointed under the Motor Vehicle Dealers Association and the Provincial Offenses Act. All former police officers, they conduct investigations and are empowered to lay charges under a number of provincial statutes. License Appeal Tribunal. OMVIC's registrar may issue a proposal to suspend, refuse, or revoke registration. The registrar's proposal can be appealed to the License Appeal Tribunal, uh, which is an independent tribunal that appears, that hears appeals of proposal to review this past the LAT, which is the License Appeal Tribunal, um, you also can go into OMVIC. So if you run into problems with the Ontario Motor Vehicle uh, Council, there is an actual tribunal that will listen to you if there are any grievances. Also, holding dealers and salespeople accountable. 
OMVIC makes information public related to all dealers and salespeople who have been charged, convicted, disciplined for a breach of the Code of Ethics, or issued a proposal to refuse, suspend, or revoke registrations. And all this information is available to you on the website. You know, just to give you an example, I received a call uh, from from an investigator from OMVIC last week that they, they, they have been following a curbsider. And if you don't know what a curbsider is, it's essentially somebody that poses as a private buyer, seller, and is an actual dealer without a license, um, conducting illegal business and avoiding taxes. This is a terrible thing that's happening in the city right now. And we came across somebody that had bought over 300 cars in the last, <laughs> in the last few months. And uh, the investigation is, is in place right now, and I'm sure that some charges will be laid, and this person will most likely uh, do some jail time. But you see, a lot of, a lot of the responsibilities that OMVIC has, they also have to do with the enforcement of the full disclosure system that we have here in Ontario. Um, what do I mean by this? I always discuss with you folks here on the radio that if it's not on the bill of sale, it didn't happen. And uh, this is something that we we take very seriously at our store because we just, you know, somebody launched a complaint about us, which happens all the time. Um, and uh, so we had some investigators or some auditors from OMVIC to come and, and check our store, both my stores, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Now, this happens routinely. Um, traditionally, OMVIC will send their auditors uh, every two years to conduct a full audit on paperwork, on compliance, uh, on checking for the documentation and whatnot. So the auditors were at the store the entire day, which was great, nice, very nice folks. And um, not only um, it was the, the cleanest uh, audit that I've ever had uh, when it comes to OMVIC, inevitably somebody will make a mistake. Somebody will forget a signature. Somebody will forget one piece of document. And um, it was one of the cleanest OMVIC audits that we've ever had. So what we're doing at the store is in full compliance. Now, as good as the two stores are when it, when it comes to following the Code of Ethics, according to the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council, we discover a bunch of things that we thought we were doing right, but we weren't. Uh, you know, thankfully, we, we had enough documentation that this wasn't an issue. But um, if you happen to work in the car industry, you may want to listen to the, the discoveries that we had at the store. Um, because it caught me by surprise, and uh, I, I pride myself in knowing a tremendous amount of information when it comes to the car industry. I, I mean, that's why we're here. You know, we're, we're not Canada's largest automotive radio show because... I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, mine is tangible, is palpable, practical experience that I've acquired over the last 30 years, and that's what I share with you. And believe it or not, I do not take the dealer's side. Uh, you all hear me say this all the time. Cars are the biggest waste of money that anyone could ever have. Unfortunately, we need a vehicle. And uh, on that basis alone, it's important that you understand this. Um, if, Like I said before, if you work in a car dealership or if you're looking at buying a vehicle within the near future, you may want to listen to what I'm going to disclose with you after this short break. So, folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. I apologize that my energy level is a little lower today because I feel like mierda. And uh, I don't, um, I don't know exactly what's happening to me, but uh, I'm burning up. I have a fever, and I'm doing this 
strictly because of the love of the art. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. It used to be for watching cartoons. And now we have to listen to this guy. My name's Lily, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show! And we're back. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here. We're Canada's largest automotive radio show. Today, feeling severely under the weather. I am sweating, but I'm cold. How does that work? Like I have like literal sweat coming down my forehead, and I am so, so cold that at any point I'm going to start shivering. The only reason why I'm doing this live is because I love talking to you all. And uh, today we are going to give away another set of AirPods to the best call of the day. Uh, we're going to announce the winner of that right now. Uh, but call us, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And if you have had this sort of situation happening at, at a car dealership or you have a question in relation to buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, uh, trading in a car. Um, if you if you have thoughts about buying something or something else and you don't know how to make uh, a decision or your wife wants you to buy something and, and you don't like the car that she's choosing, you may want to call me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Now, last week, uh, Austin, we had somebody by the name of Chris. And Chris called me to... I think that initially I thought that he was calling to challenge me, but uh, is that what he was actually doing? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. He just, uh, yeah. I think he was actually. I think it was about uh, a lot of the just kind of theories that were going around on the show and just kind of going for clarifications on them. But oh, uh, about the vaccine and stuff. Uh, not only the vaccine, but the po- political stuff too. Oh, the political. Stuff. That's right, because uh, yeah. we made a big announcement. You know, I um, I can tell you that. Uh, after I uh, I suggested last week that I may run in the next provincial election, um, the the amount of emails that I've received, Austin, is something that is beyond uh, you know my understanding, and uh, <laughs> um, in, nobody wants me to run as an. If I do run, they don't want me to run as an independent because independents don't do really well in elections. It's very expensive, and uh, people don't like to, you know, change. We, we have a two-party system, and it's boring as hell, but what are you going to do? So, you know, the, I got a number of emails sending me uh, the constitution of different political parties that are coming up here in Ontario, and uh, this, the support has been fascinating. But anyways, um, I want to I wanna congratulate Chris last week uh, for being the, the absolute best phone call of the day and uh, I'm going to reach out to him after the show today and uh, I'll call him and um, I'll have him come down to Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity and uh, you can pick up a set of AirPods. Thank you so much for staying engaged with the Carrasco show and um, we love talking to you. So as I was saying before the uh, before the break, we we had an OMVIC audit at the store. They wanted to see if we we were in full compliance. And, um, you know, this is a couple of things that came up in the, the discussion. Whenever you're buying a vehicle, folks, or you are selling a vehicle, if you're a dealer or a salesperson, and you know the vehicle has a Carfax, 
Meaning, if you if the vehicle that you that you're buying or selling has been in an accident, uh, number one, it is 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 good. It's a good business practice to have the Carfax report available on your website, so people can just click on it and see it. Now, what we traditionally do, I mean, it's not an uncommon thing for a vehicle to have a fender bender, and you know, next thing you know, if especially if you drive a a luxury car, uh, you have a small, you know, bumper dent, and next thing you know, it's ten thousand dollars. So, you know, we we print the Carfax, we get the customer to sign it, we put it in the deal, and um, the one thing that we we were asked by Onvik to do is that to write on the bill of sale. And copy and paste from the Carfax whatever the damage was on the vehicle that you're selling. So then you don't run into any he said, she said, or ambiguity as to what you're selling. Also, it is crucial that you write the amount of the Carfax report on the bill of sale. And you have to have that signed by the customer. Failure to do that, folks. It opens you up for... Uh, for grounds of, you know, violation of the code of ethics, you're not applying the full disclosure system that we have in Ontario, and uh, you may get yourself into hot water for on the complaints. Now, if you're a consumer, folks, and um, the 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 accident on the vehicle was not reported. Uh, you can contact the, the UCDA, the Used Vehicle uh, Dealers Association, or you can contact OMVIC, and they there is a there is a fund in the OMVIC system that will help you mitigate some of the losses that you may uh, incur if the dealership, for whatever reason, shuts the, store, the doors down and you can't find the people that sold you the vehicle in the first place. But just to make sure, if you are a dealer, cover your behind and write, you know, copy and paste the verbiage that appears on the Carfax and put it in the bill of sale, put the amount of the damage that was on the car and get the customer to initial the transaction. Um, we seem to have a phone call. Who do we have on the line, uh, Austin? We have Brian right here. Brian, you're on the line now with Greg Carrasco. Brian, what's going on, brother? Morning, how are you? Oh, you know, uh, if you really want to know, I feel awful. I I, oh. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the third hour, but uh, you know, I'm here, I'm trying to be a trooper. How can I make your life better this morning? I got just a couple of quick questions. I uh, love the show, by the way. So I have a 2015 F-150 Lariat FX4 package, fully loaded, just over 140 k okay, Sorry, yep. uh, can, you, can you repeat the vehicle that you have, please? It is a Ford F-150. Okay. 2015 year. Okay. It's a Lariat with the FX4 package, so it's very loaded, no, no accident-free. And I, I used to use it for uh, camping, but I'm getting out of that, so I'm going to sell it. So I have, a, like, a two-part question. Okay. Um, I'm looking at buying a Santa Fe, probably like a 2018-year, okay. like and, and I have a boat I need to pull, so I need to buy the 2-liter turbo. Because it'll pull more than the other engine will. Uh, so you know, they're, they're very similar. I mean, uh, whenever it comes to Santa Fe's, I always like the uh, the old motor that uh, it was a three point three on the Santa Fe XL. But I think that that body that uh, body on the Santa Fe was um, discontinued in the two thousand and seventeen. You know that 
uh, the, the Santa Fe XL 3.3 liter engine can tow more than all the other Santa Fe's, but also is one of the most reliable vehicles uh, out there in the, uh, in the consumer's report. And it's a very little known fact. Um, so yeah, you can tow a little bit more with the, uh, with the two liter turbo with the limited edition. So what is your question? Well, my question was regarding the turbo. I read up some, <clears throat> not so much on the turbo, but the other vehicle also has a 2.4, but I heard there was some uh, issues with it. I'm looking for like an 18 uh, year. Yep. I, I've got a dollar figure also on my truck from about four guys, what it's worth. So I could sell privately and then purchase something that I got to okay. pay taxes, or am I better off to kind of trade in and do the tax saving through the dealer? Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of selling vehicle privately. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a very risky situation these days, Brian. There are so many people committing fraud out there. You know, uh, somebody that called the show once and then I spoke to them uh, um, off air, they, um, they did a cash transaction and uh, they paid him with counterfeit money. So by the time he got home, all the money that he got was fake. Uh, somebody else uh, received a fake certified check. And you got to remember this. When they take the vehicle from you and you sign over the, um, the ownership, you have no recourse. So, you know, if you are going to do something as silly as doing that and you want to conduct a private transaction, do yourself a favor. Conduct the transaction at the local police station. I can tell you that these people will simply not show up. Because you can go to the parking lot of a police station and conduct the transaction there, and they will not meet you. So I think that that's one of the only things that you can do to kind of, you know, scare away people that are trying to um, do things that are not nice. But uh, I, I do prefer you trading the vehicle in. Um, now, how much money did you get for the vehicle, and how many kilometers do you have? I got about 140,000 kilometers on it. Okay. I've... Um... I've been offered from four. I've talked to four dealers in person. They've all seen yeah. the vehicle, yeah. and they're offering me about thirty-two for it on a trade-in. And the one I'm looking at purchasing is about twenty-eight. They're offering you thirty-two thousand. Yep. So this is okay. Let me understand. Is it a crew cab or an extended cab? It is a uh, crew cab. It's a crew cab. Let's see this here. Is it? Is it the uh, six-cylinder or the eight-cylinder? Yes, it's the six-cylinder uh, EcoBoost. Okay. The um, I don't see those monies here, Brian. That's that's a lot of money that they're giving you. I got it from four dealers. <laughs> really? Eh. So let me see. Let me see something quickly here. Numbers, I think. Uh, you know, my system. Yeah, you know, okay, I, I understand. I, I understand. Yeah, thirty-two is a fair number. I just you know plugged in the additional information. Yeah, thirty-two yeah. is fair. It's, it's a fair number. So look at it this way. If you, um, if you trade that vehicle in, you're going to save 13% on $32,000. You're going to be getting close to $36,000 in the, in the trade-in. And that is essentially what those vehicles are, be, are being sold privately. Except right. that when you trade the vehicle in, you don't have to do safety certification. You don't have to do anything. So trade it in, do it that way. And if you have any issues in the process, just call me. You are looking at the right product. The Santa Fe is a phenomenal uh, machine. And um, I, I bless that uh, that decision. Yeah, I think that's the way I'm going to go as well. I think that's the right thing. Okay, okay. excellent. Okay. 
Thank you, Brian. I, I really appreciate you calling the uh, the show. And, and, you know, thank you. If you have questions like this, folks, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And today we're going to give an AirPod uh, set to the best caller of the day. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. So let's go back to what we were talking about in relation to the findings um, from the OMVIC out of this week. The first thing that we found is that, you know, it, it is considered to be the best practice to copy and paste the Carfax report and the verbiage with the amount of the accident, put it on your bill of sale in the notes, and get the consumer to initial it. That's number one. Number two, and here I'm going to lose a lot of people. There is an actual interest rate, and there is an effective interest rate. You have the APR and the effective interest rate. So let me explain. Whenever you get, you pay, uh, I, I don't know, 1.9, 2.9, 3.9% interest rate on a loan, those interest rates don't exist. We, we, the car industry, I don't know who started this nonsense, but you know, the car industry has spoiled the consumer into thinking that rates like 0% are an actual thing. They're not. So what car manufacturers do, is that they buy they, they buy the rate down. They go to the bank and say, okay, how much is it going to cost me to buy the rate from, I don't know, the postal rate 5.9 down to, you know, 0.9 or 1.9 or 2.9. And uh, then they pay the bank that amount. So that amount doesn't have to be paid to the bank. It can be given to you if you finance a regular rate. So... Whenever you are financing a vehicle, if you are taking any cash incentives in your finance and you are using this amount to lower the rate on your transaction, you are effectively paying a higher interest rate except that the manufacturer has provided X number of dollars to reduce the rate to what you actually seen. So the posted rate is not the effective rate. In those two interest rates must be displayed on the bill of sale. <laughs> Talk about complication. Did I lose you there, Austin? <laughs> a little bit. Did I lose you? A, a little bit. All right. So, you know, for, for those of you that are in the car industry and uh, you happen to be in finance, it is, it is crucial, crucial. And, and I know that certain DMSs will give you the ability to do this, but you, it is the law that you must disclose both interest rates on the bill of sale and the customer needs to initial this so they understand what is happening and this creates a lot of confusion folks because you're going to have a zero percent interest rate and then the effective interest rate is going to be like 5.9 and the customer's going to say what what do you mean i'm not paying 5.9 well you actually are but you're not because the manufacturer is buying the rate down for you and they're using this amount of money to give the bank to buy that rate to where it is but we have the judiciary duty to disclose these two interest rates on the bill of sale. Now, this doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, you need to disclose it. This is part of your finance contract, and uh, you're going to be able to find that whenever you look at your bill of sale. At least you should, because if you look at your bank contract and your bill of sale, they should match. And uh, you know, sometimes you get into problems when it comes to the matching of the figures between the two documents, and they have to be perfect. Um, the other thing that we found is that um, every time we sell a vehicle, we need to we need to pay our OMVIC fee, which is ten dollars, and uh, that must be included in the advertised price. <laughs> so, they found a couple of our cars that were off by ten dollars. 
because the OMVIC fee was not included in, into the advertised price. So that, that's a good practice. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep this <laughs> as uh, I know that this is pretty esoteric and uh, there is a small group of people that will understand what I'm talking about. But believe it or not, folks, this if you're a dealer or a salesperson or, or a finance person, you are going to save yourself a tremendous amount of headaches. You're not going to have the headaches if you are able to disclose this on your bill of sale. And uh, if you have any other questions in relation to the car industry or buying a car or selling a car, call me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. You know, let's take a, a short break, and um, we're going to continue to disclose, and the next things that are coming are, are going to be more relatable to you, especially if you are looking at buying a vehicle within the near future. Folks, the number to call is 416-870-1050, and the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the non-commissioned salespeople. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. When I cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Play. Let it play, baby. Those who know, know exactly what is playing in the background. I became self-aware listening to these guys back in the 80s. In the deep, dark ghettos of Santiago. Listening to Metallica. Oh, yes. You know, the funny thing is that I never saw them until like three years ago when they came and played at the Rogers Center. And um, my eldest son, Josh, had been headbanging with me with Metallica in the background since he was a child. So I was able to take him to the concert. And at one point, he looked beside him and there was this old guy just headbanging into Metallica. Says, Who are you, Dad? <laughs> it happens. Once again, I want to apologize because um, my energy level is not where it usually is. I am feeling terrible this morning. My brain is on fire. I have fever and uh, you know, I decided just to do the show anyways because there are some important pieces of information that I need to share with you, especially after uh, an OMVIC audit that we had um, this week. And uh, we discover a bunch of things that um, that are very, very, very important. So the next one, and we have a couple of callers right now, so I'm going to try to make this uh, very quick. The um, Sometimes, not all the time, folks, sometimes a bank will give the, the dealership uh, a small amount of money for sending them a contract. And, uh, you know, in our industry, we call that a bank reserve. And uh, usually when you are... Getting a solvented rate, uh, when I say solvented rate, it's, it's, it's a rate that is below the standard rate. So if you go to the bank and you ask for a car loan, the bank will most likely give you a 5.9 or 6.9% interest rate. So anything that's below that, 
Um, it's a solvented rate, and usually it's been solvented by the manufacturer. They're buying the rate down for you, so you know they give you an incentive for you to come and buy the car from them. Now there are no cars, so the interest rates are going up because they don't they don't need to lower the rates uh, on cars that they don't have. Now saying that, in the front of your bill of sale, there's got to be a disclosure as to whether the dealership is going to get a bank reserve by selling you this rate. And believe it or not, OMVIC, OMVIC will go and randomly pick up a bunch of your transactions, like finance transactions, and they will determine whether the dealership is looking out for the best interest of the customer, no pun intended. So if the dealership is constantly sending finance contracts to whoever gives them the most amount of reserve, you are going to get slapped with a, <laughs> with a warning and perhaps even a fine. But many people don't know this. So now, whenever you are getting a bank reserve or not, Make sure that you check the box in the in the front of the bill of sale and get the customer to initial it. Because if it's not initialed, they never saw it. And this is very, very important, folks. You know, let's take a couple of phone calls here. Who do we have next on the line, uh, Austin? We got Sam from Oshawa first. Sam, you're on the line with Greg Carrasco. Sam, how can I make your life better this morning? I'm not feeling well this morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I have a couple of questions for you, Greg, regarding the yep. transaction. First okay. of all, let's suppose, for the sake of argument, I'm buying a vehicle from you for $30,000 before tax, and okay. I have a trade-in for $10,000. Okay. Do you subtract the 10000 from the 30000 and I only pay sales tax on twenty, or do I pay sales tax on the full thirty, and the trade-in is treated as if it were a down payment? Uh, no, the um, you do not pay tax on the amount of money that you have already paid taxes on. That is called the excise tax break in the province of Ontario. So what happens is that you know if you have if you buy a thirty thousand dollar car and you have a ten thousand dollar trade in that you own because if you leased it then you've never paid the taxes on the residual value. So then you do not qualify to get a tax break when you lease a vehicle. So it's a very very important distinction. But if you own the vehicle outright or you have a loan on that car, you pay the taxes up front. So now the the capital cost is reduced by the amount of the trade in. So instead of paying the HST on the thirty thousand dollars now, you're paying the HST on the twenty thousand dollars. Which means that you're not getting ten thousand dollars for the trade-in. You are actually getting eleven thousand three hundred because this is this is a cap cost reduction. So that's something that a lot of people miss when they are trading in a vehicle, Sam. Okay, very good. One one second question, very quickly. When yep. the bank gives money to, or sorry, when the manufacturer gives money to the bank to buy down the interest rate, yep. does that money then get added on to the purchase price of the vehicle? Because why would the why would the, the uh, manufacturer do that otherwise? Uh, it does get added into it, and that's one of the reasons why I was discussing this before. So there is an, a posted rate and there is an effective rate. So, you know, technically the customer would have paid more, except that they, the money didn't come out of their pocket. It came out of the manufacturer. So, you know, the, the actual interest rate, in the, 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 the rate that you end up paying is going to always be significantly higher, except that what is applied to you is going to be the, the, the lower amount because the manufacturer has taken the burden of lowering the rate down, which means that the vehicle was at a higher price, but you got all the benefit of what the manufacturer did. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're paying less interest on more money is what you're saying. You are paying us precisely. So, but those, those credits are often given to the consumer if the consumer chooses to finance through their own bank. 
uh, which is something that you know doesn't usually happen because the rates are so crazy low sometimes. But uh, it's something that a lot of people don't know that is part of our financial uh, exchange that we have with the consumer. And OMVIC is very, very sticky about this um, because disclosure is, is all about the consumer being fully aware of what they're signing. Sam, thank you so much for the phone call, man. I really appreciate it. Let's go to Art. Art has a question about a Honda CRV. Art, how can I make your life better this morning? Hey, Greg, great show. Hope uh, you'll feel better this week. Oh, dude, man, it's uh, it's not it's not fun. <laughs> it's not, it's I'm fading. I, I hope that I have some energy left for Money Mike when he comes in the next hour. But ask me the question, brother. So, quick question. So, I have a 2008 Honda CRV that was given to us by a person that left the country, and I want to get it registered for the kids. Um, okay. Out of their first car, they're turning 16, and you know they're going to start driving at the end of the year. Yep. Um, so my question to you is, I got it for nothing. Like I basically had a bill of sale that said, I, you know, written and signed that I've got it for one dollar. Now, yeah. when I go to register that car, am I paying taxes based on what the perceived value is? Because the one uh, issue yes. is that the car so, four hundred thousand kilometers. I understand that. So the, uh, the the Ministry of Transportation, they have something that is called the Used Vehicle Identification Package. And within it, there is also a market value for that specific unit. So, you know, this is the only way that the government can, um, can somewhat stop people. I, I hate saying this. People lying about how much money they pay for a car. You know, this happens so often, Art, that it's scary. You know, you, you, you buy a car privately, you sell it privately, and, uh, you know, the guy will say to you, how much do you want me to write on the bill of sale? And uh, you bought the car for 10 but you, you put in the bill of sale $3,000, okay? So now you don't have to pay taxes on those $7,000. The other person doesn't have to declare the $7,000, but here is the catch. The catch is that if something bad happened to that vehicle, you only have the recourse for the amount of money that's on the bill of sale. So you are sh literally shooting yourself on the foot um, because that's all that the person that sold you the vehicle for is responsible for. You signed the bill of sale with 3K. You know what I'm saying? But uh, saying that, when you when something ridiculous happens, you know, you, you, you buy a 2019 Mercedes and somebody says that, you know, they bought it for $5,000, the Ministry of Transportation, they're not stupid. So they have an actual implied market value on every vehicle that is being transacted. So when you ask for that identification package and the, the value will be in there and they will tell you how much taxes you need to pay on that car. So, yeah, and, and I mean, it's got 400,000 kilometers, so it's, we're just wondering, like, I mean, if you're going to take it to ministry, they're going to say yep. the car is worth like $8,000 with 400K on it. No, I think no, because the, what you can do after that is that you can come to a place like my, you know my store, for example, and we give you an actual appraised value for a vehicle that year with those kilometers, and those those things hold weight. Now, what year is the car? Oh, it's like I think it's like a 2006 or 2008. Uh, okay, well, but then again, it's a CRV, and CRVs are tanked; they never die. Those things are so annoying, man. You know, honestly, you sell a CRV, and that thing is gonna stay on the road for like a hundred years. It's the same thing with those silly gold Corollas; they never, ever, ever die. CRVs are indestructible. But, anyways, if you uh, if you need a second opinion on that, the appraised value of that vehicle, come and see me. I'll do it for you for free. Thank you so much for calling the show, Art. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. You see. Um, the best phone call of the day today is when I get a set of AirPods. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Ask me about whatever you want to know. And since we only have a few, hour, a few minutes left on, on, this, uh, on this hour, I want to cover the last three things that are very important, but you know, you guys are calling, which is great. 
Now, listen to this. Whenever you're trading a vehicle in, the dealership needs to have a signed trade-in vehicle declaration. And in that declaration, the customer tells you if the vehicle has been in an accident, if the vehicle has had any repairs, anything that the customer knows about that vehicle needs to be on that declaration form and the customer needs to sign it. Because if you sell that car to somebody and that car happened to be a salvage car or had a huge accident that was not disclosed, then the fact that the customer signed that piece of paper, the declaration form, covers your dealership and the owner of your business for having to be responsible for that problem. But you need to have a signed trade-in declaration form in every deal sheet. It's very, very important. Next, when you go and see the business manager, you know, you sell the car, you go in the back office, you know, they, get, they need to get the credit approved and they offer you extended warranties and rust proofing and paint protection and fabric protection and tinted windows and all those awesome things that you can do to personalize your car. The moment that you decline any one of those services, okay, this is very important, folks. The moment you decline any one of those services, you are assuming responsibility for knowing that now you are on your own. So if you choose not to buy an extended warranty and you don't have a signed declaration form, okay, listen to this, and you don't have a signed declaration form, you have grounds to argue that, you know, because no one told you, you didn't buy it. And if something bad happens to the vehicle, you could, you could potentially, I'm not saying that you should, that's not nice, you could potentially go after the dealership. But there is a reason why you need to have a waiver of protection form signed with all the products that were offered to the customer that could potentially improve their lives. And they said no. If you don't have that, you are putting yourself in, in harm's way for no reason. So if you're a dealership, it's very important that as part of your F&I process, you know, doing the second TO, because if you're not doing second TOs, you, are, you, you, you don't understand F&I. You need to have a waiver of protection in your deal sheet. The customer needs to say no to extended warranty. I said no to this. You said no to lease and protection, which is insanity to me. If, if, you, if you're related to me and you're not taking an extended warranty or a lease and protection, I think you're insane. But that's a different conversation and I'm not going to get into that. Last but not least, if you hire a new salesperson on a car dealership and that salesperson is in transition, you know, they're OMVIC license hasn't been fully activated and accepted by OMVIC and you have the activation live in your hand and you can present it. That person should not even give the color of a car to a customer. That person should not walk into the dealership. You are not allowed to even look the direction of a customer if you are not fully licensed under the OMVIC code of ethics. This is so unbelievably important because I've seen it over the years in many dealerships that I've run. You hire a new salesperson, ah, you give him a desk, you know, there's a computer, you start loading up your stuff, next thing you know, you know, you have a busy Saturday and oh, just talk to the new guy. What? That new guy doesn't have a license. That is a major, major infraction. Do not do it. It is very important that you stay clean. You know, the car industry has enough of a bad rep for you, you know, to, to further that, you know, to, to enhance that bad reputation. There are so many good car dealerships out there that are in full compliance of everything that OMVIX demands, whether it's advertising, ethics, you name it. You know, and we are one of them. And why are we one of them? Because this radio show keeps me 
honest. It keeps me in the spotlight. So I walk <laughs> aligned so straight that if I see a pile of dung, it's so straight that I often get stuck in the middle of it. That was not my quote. That was Abraham Lincoln that said that. But anyways, folks, we are giving away a set of AirPods to the best phone call of the day. The number to call is 416-870-1050. is the phone number. Money Mike is going to talk to you about RSPs and the deadline is coming up in just a few weeks. So it's very important that you listen to us. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. The number is 416-870-1050. Call us. We are here. Let's take a short break. Don't put your name on me. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to... Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Bell Media and TSN 1050. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Uh-huh, yeah. And we're back. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050. The number to call is 416-870-1050. In my very good friend, Money Mike, is with me right now. It's good to see you, Money Mike. Be seen on this uh, cold, bristly morning. You survived the uh, well. I was going to say you survived the snowstorm, but uh, you're not exactly doing a ton of shoveling out there, are you? No, I'm not. But you know, no, I, I have to tell you this. You know, Mike, that the only reason why I'm doing this show today is because of you. I I don't know what happened, but last night, um, you know, my body didn't wasn't functioning this the way that it normally does, and uh, I. I have like crazy fever, I'm sweating, and I have the chills. So I don't know what's happening, but uh, I'm here just for you because I do believe that this this show today is super, super, super important. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll take the thank yous later. I didn't want to let you down today. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the love. I appreciate that. It's... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It Obviously, the show ain't the same without you. And, and I, I can't do all the talking. We need you here. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I um, when when I looked at the things that you wanted to talk about today, I always get excited about RSPs. I don't know why, man, because uh, <laughs> when whenever I see the amount of money that I pay in taxes every year, um, you know, I and then I, I when I do my taxes, I, I look at how many months I actually worked for the for the government, and it's usually between five to six months out of the year, I worked strictly for the Canadian government. So I'm literally just, you know, six months away from working 100% for the uh, for the People's Republic of Canada. And um, RSP has always been one of those vehicles that you have to defer your, your taxation until a time that you are not as productive as you are at the top of your earning curve. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, that's that's the point of it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about RSPs. Um, you know, when you asked about uh, what we should talk about today, 
Um, it, it's been a pretty, I mean, what are we, three weeks into the year? It's been a pretty busy three weeks. Um, I don't know, we, we opened a bit of a hornet's nest uh, last time I was on the show by saying we're going to be limiting the number of, of new clients we take on this year. It, it like opened up the floodgates of phone calls. I've gotten really? more phone calls in the last two weeks than I would typically get in three months. Um, well, that's, that's, a, that's a good problem to have. And, and folks, uh, for those of you that are just tuning in, uh, if you want to call the show right now, it's 416-870-1050. It's a phone number. And Money Mike uh, is a very good friend of mine. I've known him for about 20 years. And also, he is my personal financial advisor. He literally took me out of the depths of financial security obscurity and, and shed some light into my future because just because you can make money doesn't mean that you can keep your money and you know what you're doing. And I was one of those people and, uh, you know, it took a tremendous amount of, uh, I would say, introspection and to say, ah, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm doing. I need some help. But um, the beauty about Mike is that he is available to you. Uh, you can reach him at moneymike.ca, again, moneymike.ca, or you can call him on his personal number, 905-320-6762, 905-320-6762. After the show, if you happen to be sitting on a pile of cash and you don't know what to do with it, uh, does that explain pretty much uh, you know, what, what you do for me, Mike? That's 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 about it. Yeah. So, you know, I thought we today would be a good time because we're getting so many questions that, that people are calling in with. It'd be great if we spent today's show just answering people's questions. So, you know, I've compiled a list of uh, a bunch of the questions I've gotten so far this year. But uh -huh. of course, you know, the listeners this morning may have their own set of questions. So you got two choices. You can just listen to other people's questions get answered or call in and uh, and we'll answer yours. But let's Let's start with uh, some of the questions we've gotten. Excellent. So, Excellent. you know, the, the first question off the bat is about RSPs. And, and, you know, it's actually not only a question I've gotten a couple times so far this year, but probably one of the most frequently asked questions I get in, in a typical year, which is, do RSPs still make sense? People mm -hmm. still want to know, should I be buying them? Or, or, you know, is this an antiquated investment choice? that uh, we're still doing because our parents used to do it. Um, oh boy. And, and so I would say, yes, absolutely. RSPs still make a ton of sense. Um, I mean, th think of it this way. An RSP contribution is essentially taking money that you've earned through your work this year and never paying tax on it. You, you earn it and we're gonna say to the government, don't tax it. I'm gonna put it in an investment vehicle for my future do not take any tax. So you pay no tax on it. And then it's allowed to grow. And as it grows, you pay no tax on the growth. Until ultimately, down the road, sometimes it's at retirement, sometimes it's even well into retirement before you ever take the money out, then you're going to pay tax on the value of that RSP. And so it is the greatest tax deferral available in society, bar none. Mm -hmm. And imagine yourself, I mean, it still makes sense when you're 50 and 55, when, you've, when you can envision, I may not touch it until I'm 70 or later, but imagine if you're 20 or 25, Jeez. earning money that you pay no tax on and allowing it to grow for 50 years without paying tax in between. That's, I wish I wish I would have done tool. that you know when I was that age Mike you know the the power of compound interest is something that you know I I have 
learned to to appreciate over the last year. But you know, people are calling you right now. You know, they don't they don't want to talk to me. They want to talk to Money Mike. So we have Sam from Oshawa with a question um, for Money Mike. You know, I think that Austin is on is on the phone right now. But um, let's talk to Sam. Sam, what is your question this morning? Good morning with Mike with a fun question, if I may. Mike, yes, sure. uh, you walk into your office on Monday morning, the phone is ringing, you pick it up, and the voice on the other end says, Hey, Mike, my numbers came in on Saturday night. I just won $30 million. What should I do with it? I'd love to know what you would tell him or her. <laughs> I, I just won $30 million. What should I do with it? You would be surprised the number of times uh, my friends and I sit around with this this very question, man, if we can win the Lotto Max this weekend, what would you do? I, I think the first thing I would tell someone in that scenario is, and I hope this would be fairly intuitive, understand that you are under no pressure to make any decisions quickly. Mm-hmm. You You need to take your time. The vast majority of people have never managed a million dollars um, you know, a lot of the clients that I'm dealing with, uh, they do have a million dollars, but they've still never sort of managed it on their own. Very few people in the country have managed $30 million, especially all at once. And so just understand you have time to make that decision. Um, it, whether it's a lottery win, it's an inheritance, any sort of windfall, what I always tell my clients is this gives you the ability to accelerate your financial plan. And if you've never had a financial plan, then you have to start by developing one. And, and $30 million is, is a boost plus steroids plus rocket fuel. It's, uh, you know, it's that's, yeah. that's a reality altering amount of money. But thank you so much for the phone call, Sam. We have Lena on the line with a question about refinancing a home. Lena, how can Money Mike help you this morning? Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, no I really appreciate it. Um, so I uh, Lena, can you turn your radio down? Because we're getting some feedback here. So if you can turn your radio down, it would be awesome. Okay. I think it's off. Is that okay? Yeah, that's good. Perfect. Sorry, I'm just on the road. Um, yep. So I just had a question. I'm, uh, I currently have a car loan with Toyota Credit. It's about forty nine mm-hmm. grand, I think. Um, so I'm my mortgage is coming up for renewal. I can definitely use some of the funds to um, do some renovations, use it towards the purchase of another property. Um, so I'm just wondering, like my current rate with my uh, creditor is like 1.4 percent, um, and it's over six years. So my monthly payments are quite large. I would say about 800 a month. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm just wondering, would it be a good idea to refinance? Uh, my loan into my mortgage so that way my payments would be less but then the amortization is a bit longer so I'm just wondering if that would make sense in the long run I have personal feelings towards people that do this sort of thing Lena but I'm going to defer to the expert here because you know he will tell you exactly what to do Okay. yeah I I think you've hit on the main problem with this uh, question Lena is you're taking what should be a short term debt and you're extending it over a longer period of time, likely beyond the life of the vehicle. So I'm hesitant to do that. I think what you're actually discovering is I've bought too much vehicle for my finances. Yeah. It is for, for that amount of, uh, of car over that period of time, it is a large payment. And if you're struggling to make that payment, 
typically I don't like to tell people the answer to that is just add it to your mortgage and stretch it out over 20 years. The next time you need to buy a car, you're still paying for the first car while you're getting a second car. I, I think the reality is you've, you've probably bought too much vehicle and, and you might want to look to change that. You know, Lina, in our industry, we call that the, the never ever plan. Uh, people that put their cars into their mortgage or they use their home equity line of credit to pay for the vehicle and often those uh, line of credits are interest only. So essentially, they, they carry a vehicle that will die way before that debt disappears. You know, you got to remember that a car is one of the highest depreciating assets on the face of the earth. And for you to put it against one of the very few assets that most people have in Canada, am I wrong with this, uh, Mike? And, nope, and, and, to add it to, and to add it to that debt is a terrible idea, Lena. I would, I would encourage you to trade in the vehicle and get yourself something smaller that you can actually manage as opposed to just putting it against the price of your house. What are your thoughts on that? See, I'm not sure. I really needed a new vehicle because it's been a while since I've treated myself. And then, um, I, you know, the interest rate was so enticing. It was like 1.4% over yep. six years. But then the monthly payments, I just realized that was too much. It was like putting down another mortgage. Essentially. Um, you yeah. know, why don't you, you know, Lena, why don't you call me after the show and... Uh, I'll, um, you know, we, we can discuss this and I, I may be able to give you some direction in relation to your car because, uh, it sounds like you, 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 uh, you took a bite on something bigger than you can chew at this point and that's not a good thing. But, you know, let's take, uh, um, you know, Lena's phone number down, Austin, and then uh, I'll talk to her after the show. Thank you so much for the phone call. We have Sam with another question for Money Mike here. Sam, what is your question? Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Money Mike. Uh, Money Mike, uh, Seven years ago, my parents left me $500,000, right? Okay. I invested that money in the big five. The big five is the five banks. I put $100,000 in each one, right? Now, over the 10 years that I have the money in there, that money has grown close to $10 million. Am I doing the right thing? Okay, so let, let me see if I can if I can ask this question back to you. So you inherited five million dollars? No, no, five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. Sorry, and in five years, it's grown to a million dollars. Yes. Have you done the right thing? Yes. Um, I, I I don't know if you didn't do the right thing. I don't know what would be considered the right thing in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, Are you I'm working with a financial advisor, Sam? This way, Mike, big, uh, money, Mike. I'm getting from eight to twelve percent a year. In every four months, I'm getting uh, like a dividend uh, put in my account, right? Yep. And yep. I never use that money; I just keep pumping it in because I don't need it, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure why you would take a sum of money like that and and set it aside and never touch it. Again, if your financial needs are being met and this money is extra, this is actually a a, a, a situation that um, is enviable, obviously. And, and what it means is you are not the owner of that money. You're the custodian of that money for the next generation. If you are having all of your financial needs met and you don't need this, you get the, to, to make a decision saying, how do I want to use this? to better the lives of the people around me or the people that I'll be leaving behind. It's a, it's a great situation. 
Yeah, Mike, I'm already doing that for my, gra- That's for my awesome. grandchildren. Sam, That's thank awesome. you so much for the phone call, man. I really appreciate it. And if you're, if you're not working with anyone, you may want to give Money Mike a phone call after the show. But thank you so much for the phone call. You know, the, the phones are busy this morning, and um, <laughs> I appreciate it. If you have a question for Money Mike, call us. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And we're giving away a set of AirPods to the best phone call of the day. And, um, you know, what we have found is that, you know, that's a little incentive to, to get people that, ah, you know, I want to call, but I'm shy. Um, um, sorry, I just, Austin just said something to me in the headset. You know, let's go back to the questions that people were asking you. Do, do RSP still make sense? That was the first question. The second question, when should I take CPP? That's the next question that you have. So what are your thoughts on that? Probably the most common question ever asked, especially people who are, approaching retirement rapidly and and the old wisdom used to be take cpp as early as possible um it's i i should take it at 60 that way i can claim as much of my cpp as possible who knows how long i'm going to live of course i have to take a reduction for taking it early and you know we're building financial plans for people and more and more we're finding that people's financial plans can actually be strengthened tremendously by delaying claiming cpp uh-huh. and i find this more predominantly from people who don't have pensions if you don't have any sort of company pension what i found i don't want to say universally but in a large number of cases that waiting to take CPP until later, living off your own money in the early years, and then turning on your Canada Pension Plan. Canada Pension Plan is higher because we didn't take it early, we didn't get the reductions, or some people, in some cases, they delay it after 65, and their CPP is actually augmented because they waited, and it provides even stronger a pension base for them, and they can rely on their own assets less later in life. So don't just make the assumption that you should take it right away at 60. How much is it, CPP? Right now, the maximum Canada pension plan, if you are eligible, is $1,254 a month. Wow, that's not a lot. (laughs) Well, it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you take that at 60, as opposed to at 65, you take a 36% reduction. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So you end up with $700, $1,256 very quickly becomes more like $900. But if you actually wait until 70... Twelve twelve fifty four would actually become more like seventeen hundred and fifty dollars because they augment it because you weighed it. So you really got to figure out where does CPP fit in your financial plan? When is it best I should take it? Just do not assume take it at 60. It may not be the best for you. That's excellent. And the next question that I have for you is this. Okay, this is a rhetorical question here. I'm a business owner and the business is generating more money than I need for my salary. Lucky you. What should I do with the extra dough? <laughs> that actually, that's a that's a pretty involved question. Um, it, this is hopefully the purpose of being a business owner. Um, you know, there's there's two different types of business owners in society. There's people who actually own a business, a business that operates and earns money outside of the function they provide. They can go away, and the bus, the business keeps functioning. And then there's people who basically they are the business and and whether you're incorporated or not that's essentially self-employed that's people who own their job um so they're two different two different creatures 
But in both cases, that's that is the objective of the business owner is to not only earn what you need to live, but have the business generate even more income. And when you're in that position, it's earning more than you need to take. The question becomes, what do I do with the extra? Mm-hmm. And so I'm still meeting a lot of business owners who are essentially paying out all of that extra income to themselves. I I need $100,000 a year, $150,000 a year to, to pay my to myself to, to feed the family and my business is earning enough, I'm taking $250,000, dollars $400,000 out mm-hmm. every year just because that's what the business is producing. If you don't need to spend it, do not take it out of the business. You can move it away from your operating company into a holding company and invest it for your future. Again, sort of your, your financial plan on steroids. Yeah. Um, paying it out to yourself when you don't need to spend it right away is paying a mountain of tax you don't need to pay. That's fascinating stuff, man. I, I you know, I really appreciate that you that you touched on that because a lot of people think that because a business is generating X number of dollars that you need it all. You know, you just you know your income just grows all of a sudden, and a lot of people can live on a lot less than you think they do. And uh, you know, it's it's amazing how how much money we think we need to live. And we don't, you know, I am, I'm the perfect example with that. And uh, you, you, you went through that whole thing with me when I was living up in, 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 in Georgina, Keswick, uh, in the farm, you know, I had this, this property, I had this beautiful country home and, uh, it was just me and my, and my dog. And I'm thinking, okay, why am I doing this? Why is this necessary? You know, and I guess the same thing could apply to someone that owns a business. You know, you know, why are you taking all this money out where you can leave it in there, put it in a holding company and not pay that crazy amount of tax that you would pay if you take all that income out? You know, folks, you are listening yep. to the Greg Carrasco show right now. And with me is my personal financial advisor. This guy is a genius when it comes to managing money. And uh, he has taken my finances to a level that I never thought I could take. And um, he, he is available to you. You can reach him at moneymike.ca or you can call him after the show at 905-320-6762. Write that number down. It may be the most important phone call that you ever make. 905-320-6762. Now, he's with me in the studio right now. If you want to talk to him live, you can call 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And the best call of the day is going to be, it's going to get a set of AirPods. Let's take a short break, Austin, and uh, we'll be right back. That's too bad In my dreams I have a plan if I Hey, be- what's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out The Greg Carrasso Show Only on TSN 1050 Toronto Check their sleep Sleep well, stay well Sleep country Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We're back. I didn't even know that we were... <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome, folks. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show uh, here on TSN 1050. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show, and with me is uh, my personal and uh, it's my secret financial weapon. You know, it's my, it's my personal uh, financial advisor, Money Mike. He joins us um, every other week to share uh, some of the knowledge that he's acquired over the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years in the um, in the wealth management uh, industry, and he is one of the best in the country. So you can reach him at moneymike.ca, or you can call him at 905-320-6762 after the show, because now we're live. And if you want to call him in studio right now, um, you can uh, call up 416-870-1050 is the phone number, and uh, we'll take it from there. Um, we have another phone call here, but I don't know if we can uh, if, if we can put him on air right now. I think that we have Frank. Frank has a question about uh, mutual funds. Frank, how can we make your life better this morning? Well, good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, no problem. I invested into a mutual fund at the beginning of the year, and yep. right now, every time I look at my bank account, I see negative. So, in for an example, if I invested a million dollars, right now I'm nine hundred and eighty thousand dollars in my account. Right. Okay. Why why would I invest in mutual funds if I see negatives? Every time okay. I talk, <laughs> no, no, this is, you look at your bank account. <laughs> no, no, this is a great this is a great question, Frank. I, I appreciate this question. Let me ask you, what was the purpose of the investment? Well, my wife retired. I'm planning okay. to retire. Right, we we uh, came in some money, and basically we said, you know what, let's enjoy life. Unfortunately, COVID hit, and we can't do any we can't do anything. So we invested. We got a mute, we okay. got a financial advisor, and he, yeah. they gave us three different plans. We decided to go with a conservative uh, plan that would yeah. bring in five thousand dollars a month, four thousand, whatever, would kind of right. subsidize my wife's income and partially mine. Right. Right. So at the end of this, so everything went into play. And when you look at your account, what the hell are you supposed to do? Right. So, basically, so, so the, yeah, Frank, this is why I asked the question of, of why did you invest? So it sounds like you invested to augment your income. Um, this is, I'm hoping, is this preparing for retirement imminently? Possibly, yes. Okay, possibly. So you've you've yeah. invested it to add to your income. You've invested it for retirement. That's what correct. was your time frame for that income in retirement when you set up the account? Was it three weeks or was it longer? Well, it would have been longer. But I'm saying to you, if uh, you know, Frank, seen? Frank, this is a this is a very very important question. You know, how yeah. many more years do you have until you are going to retire? I, I guess that's the question, right? Six months. No, no, it's not about how long until you retired. Yeah, no, the question is, for how long do you want to be retired? So I die, I guess. <laughs> no, <it's Okay>. <laughs> I mean, as long as possible. How old are you, Frank? 67. 67. So it's conceivable that retirement could be another 20, 25 years, correct? It's possible, yeah, if I live that long. Okay. Yeah. So if you had come to me and said, I have this money, I want to invest it, I want to augment my income, and I'm going to be retiring soon, and I want to be retired for the next 20 to 25 years, I would sell you 20 to 25 years stuff. Okay. So the problem is you're now coming back three weeks later and saying my goals aren't being achieved because my investments are down in value. Okay. Is, is this a norm, though? This well, it's it's not about what's normal. It's about what can happen in the short term, and absolutely it can. The fixed income world, 
if your conservative is, is a large part of your portfolio and interest rates are expected to go up, so fixed income's taken a hit so far this year. Equities, which is the, the growth part of your portfolio that everybody needs to have, the equities have gone down to start the year as well. So everybody who's invested right now, their investments have gone down in the first three weeks of the year. So what I would do is caution you against making long-term decisions based on short-term results. The investment portfolio that you've been put into may be a perfectly good portfolio. It may be exactly what you need. Don't judge a book by its cover. It's, it's going to fluctuate a bit in the short term. I think what should happen is your advisor needs to spend some time with you to educate you on what it is that you own and what experience you should expect short term, medium term, long term. And this is one of the possibilities in the short term. You know, I, you know Frank, if I, can, if I can add to this, um, when, when we put my plan together for retirement, I do not look at my bank account because I'm not retiring right now. I'm not getting my monies out right now. You know, and a lot of things can happen in the next 10 years. And uh, the, the, the market, uh, you know, has shown that inevitably it will continue to go up, but it's not a straight line up. You know, there is always this little tiny bits of up, ups and downs. And if you are, if you're fixated on looking at your bank account, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Um, and I don't think that's a, that's a good idea. Uh, am I, am I correct yeah. with this, Mike? No, absolutely. And I think the other thing, uh, Frank, you've got to understand is you are experiencing the law of big numbers. You've got a million dollars you invested and a 2% change, which is a relatively small change in the grand scheme of the next 20 years, a 2% change is $20,000. It sounds like a lot of money, but if I said to you, ah, it went down a couple percent, you might go, oh, well, 2% short-term fluctuation, not a big deal. But it's $20,000 when we're talking about a million. So, yeah, I get back in touch with your advisor. Talk about what's going on in the markets today and, and let them give you an understanding of, uh, of what can happen and, and what you're experiencing. This too shall pass, okay? Okay, one more uh, question regarding TSFAs. Okay. Yes. I invested 80 Eighty-one thousand at the TFFAs, and now it's it's dropped also. Is that same two percent? I'm sorry. Is it yeah. the same two percent that it dropped? Yeah. Yeah, because you have the exact same investment. Remember, TFSA, mm -hmm. while it's called a tax-free savings account, it's not actually. It doesn't have to be a savings account. You can put any investment vehicle inside that TFSA. Some people put savings accounts, which is a complete waste of, of a tax-free account because you're not going to earn anything on it. It sounds like your advisor put the exact same investments in your TFSA as they put with the rest of your million dollars, so it will perform identically. Well, you know, Frank, it sounds to me that you, uh, you, you, you need a better advisor. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, all this uh, all this information should have been discussed with you um, to remove the anxiety because you know when when you are fixated on on what's happening in the future uh it based on on the lenses that you see today in the marketplace this is going to make you sick especially when it comes to your money and and, and what you're using as a security for you to live on for the next 25 years so you know uh, probably you should give Mike a call after the show and, uh, and and have a meeting of the minds. But thank you so much for the phone call, Frank. I really appreciate yeah. can it. You, can you get Austin to text me the, his phone number? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you right now. It's, uh, you know, hold on a second. Let me just find it here. Um, Mike, what is the phone number? 
phone number is 905-320-6762. That is my direct cell phone. So call after the show and we can we can chat. I have a 1030 appointment this morning, so I have a short window to chat with people after the show. All right. I'll probably uh, call you. I'll, yeah, all right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Frank. Frank. You know, traditionally, I have that number memorized, but, you know, the uh, this fever is, is fucked up my brain in ways that I, I can't explain to anybody. We have Nick on the line. He wants to talk about cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, this is giving me headaches these days, Mike. <laughs> but, uh, Nick, what is your question for Money Mike? Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. I'm, I might give you even a bigger headache now. Uh, I just want to know from a financial expert, on the air, where I don't know how many people are listening right now. Why there's would twelve. There's twelve people here? listening. There's twelve people. Okay. Yeah. Why would any? Why, why would anybody in the world that has any common sense want to give away real currency that they've earned to somewhere on the internet, crypto digital currency that basically, if you know anything about business, finance, and money, to yep. me, it, all it is is an elaborate Ponzi scheme for lack of a better term, because basically you're giving out real currency, very little institutions, very little legitimate institutions around the world uh, are actually accepting cryptocurrency. I know you'll say it's growing, but not really. But I, it's, I find it very hard to believe that world, world governments uh, are going to give away the U.S. dollar as the standard or gold. So all, all I'm seeing is when I drive into these little shady corners of Toronto, you can buy crypto here and sell it here at these little, you know, grimy variety stores. And yeah. maybe that's giving it a, a bad name. But then you've got 22-year-old girls with low crop tops on TikTok telling you, this is how I invested in crypto. You know, Nick, it? thank you. <laughs> thank you for the, uh, for, for the descriptions. You know, this is, uh, you know, we, we try to keep it... Uh, we, we try to keep it pretty clean here, but uh, and also, you know, passing judgment on whatever people do on on TikTok is not something that I want to do. But uh, what are your thoughts on on cryptocurrency, uh, Mike? I'm curious. Well, I, I definitely understand Nick's perspective, and it's a, a concern for a lot of us. Um, what is the actual use of uh, of cryptocurrency compared to real currencies? As he said, it's not widely accepted. Um, cryptocurrency, why people are doing it so much is because they think there's an opportunity to get rich quick. Um, and and I'll, I'll simply say this, there is every possibility at some point down the road that there is a form of cryptocurrency that becomes a legitimate form of currency that's accepted more broadly. It's not there yet. Uh, in the meantime, people are buying it because they feel that at any time I'll be able to sell it and someone else will pay me more for it than when I paid for it. And that is sort of the, the definition of a, of a pyramid scheme or a, or a Ponzi scheme. Um, but it, it's, it's um, it, it absolutely what is spurring it on is the opportunity people think they can, they can make money quickly. So only time will tell. There will always be some people who get hurt by it and some people who make money by it. Uh, and someday it could be a widely accepted uh, form of currency. Um, just don't let the fear of missing out affect you. You don't believe in it, um, just stay away from it. There are plenty of other things you can invest money in and, uh, and just you know, let it go by. Let, let people do what they want to do. You don't have to get involved. You know, this is, uh, I don't know if I'm just getting old, uh, and, and this is beyond my level of comprehension, but this whole 
uh, you know, cryptocurrency and NFTs that are, uh, you know, it seems to be the rage right now. And I see all these things just bombarding me on social media that, uh, like, uh, am I missing something here? You know, I, I heard uh, last week that people are buying real estate in the metaverse. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what, what is this? <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there is, um, there is something to be, to be said about what's happening right now and the way that the, the investment world is evolving. But, uh, you know, I can tell you one thing, though. There is no shortcut to financial freedom. Uh, all this uh, get-rich-quick schemes, the, uh, you know, all you hear are the success stories. You never hear the people that lost their shirt in the process. Would you agree with that, Mike? There always is those stories that don't get told. Everyone's quick to tell you uh, about how they, they made a ton of money. And it's the same with the stock market. I made a killing here. They don't tell you where they lost money. So, yeah, I, I don't mind if you want to buy real estate in the metaverse, Greg. Just don't ask me to help you lift moving boxes. I'm not doing it. <laughs> We have, folks, we're going to take a, a very short break here. Um, we have Money Mike um, on the studio with us. He's my personal financial advisor, and he is amazing. So if you have any question about your finances, if you're sitting on a pile of cash and you don't know what to do with it, you know, you should call us. 416-870-1050 is the phone number, and we're giving away a set of AirPods. So the best call of the day, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no-commission salespeople. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Stop. See, first of all, I'm stepping out on my own. About time I elevated to claim my own throne. Success in my blood. Listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, TSN 1050. Hello, Toronto. And we're back. Slacker Nation congregates here every Saturday morning, and I promised you guys yesterday on Instagram that you will learn something. You will tune in to the Carrasco Show, and you will learn something, whatever that is. It's one thing. In this hour, we have my personal financial advisor here, Money Mike. You can reach him after the show at moneymike.ca or at 905-320-6762, 905-320-6762. And we still have a few minutes left, so if you want to call the show live now, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. You know, the phones have been busy for you, Mike, this morning. You know, we have, uh, you know, La Familia, you know, left me a million dollars that I don't need. What am, what am I going to do with this? I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's a lot of money flying around. <laughs> there is a lot of money flying around in society. Uh, a lot of the people who've contacted us are people who inherited money. It's happening every day. You know, I'm going to leave nothing for my kids. I'm going to spend it all. All of yeah, it. Yeah, that's what you think. That's not the case. That's not the uh, case. Oh, you know, I don't know if I, I haven't spoken to you, but um, I, uh, I decided to go back to university. Really? And um, yeah, I, um, I made, um, I officially applied at York and uh, for an actual, you know, f for a full degree. <laughs> I, you know, I just thought of it. I, I figured that of one people you would be interested in, in, in hearing about that. So in your spare time, you're going to go to university? You know, I, um, I get up super early in the morning, I, you know, 5, 5.30. And um, I've been looking at my phone usage, and uh, although I do a lot of readings, um, I think that I can do the readings uh, and direct it towards a specific goal. So I'm going to take those okay. hours that I, that I use and, and try to put it to good use. You know, here's the goal. The goal is to earn a law degree by the age of 60. I'm not joking. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. Interesting. 
And, and you know, I, I had to write a personal letter the other day because, you know, whenever you put an application, they ask you to write a personal statement. And the, the, I guess the honest, the question was, why am I doing this at 50? And the, the honest answer is like, because I can? And why, why not? not? <laughs> yeah, why not? So let's see. I, um, I'm just waiting for some transcripts uh, from McMaster, and uh, let's see let's see what they say at York. Uh, but you know, I, I met some really awesome people there that uh, are helping me out in the process. So it, it should be interesting. That that's fantastic, and then hopefully by sixty, then Josh will be able to hire you. That's great. Uh, you know, maybe he'll. <laughs> well, he's way ahead of me on this one. He's already working at a law firm, but uh, uh, you know, he he wasn't happy with he did he scored really well on his. Um, LSATs, but he wasn't happy with it. It's like, what? So he's going to do it again. He's going to write his LSATs again uh, because he wants to get wow. into the, you know, the, the best possible law school that he can find. Uh, and I think right now it's between, you know, uh, UFT, York, or McGill because he wants to get into politics and uh, he, he wants to do it in, in French. He wants to do his law degree in French. Those crazy people. Oh, my goodness. I told I you know. teaching your kids to read will lead to no good. I know. That was the problem. That was the problem. Sorry I digress, but I, I felt that I needed to share that with you. You know, we still have a couple of uh, questions that you've been asked, and maybe we can, you can run through them before the end of the hour so you can you know, address all, the, all this. Oh, we have a caller right now. Uh, who do we have on the line, Austin? We got Rick. Rick, you're on the line right now with Money Mike. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Rick. How can we make your life better this morning? Well, I'm listening to this talk about a law degree in French. I think it's way beyond my pay grade. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, Mike, I just thought was thinking about um, ETFs and um, stocks that are dividend paying, like mm -hmm. like banks and energy and and things like that, and wondering what your thoughts are on how you would balance those two inside your portfolio. Well, you've got to understand that um, financial institutions' dividend-paying stocks, they are a, uh, specifically here in Canada, they are a large part of our stock market. Our economy is not well-balanced. Uh, I spoke to my uh, Sam, my security specialist on my team, and, and he had expressed that something like 60% of all the companies in Canada are either natural resources or fixed or, or financial services. So like we're very heavily weighted um, that we're not a well-balanced country. So there is a very important part that dividend paying stocks and financial institutions will play in your portfolio, but they in themselves are not a portfolio. Uh, you know, Canada is a small country. We are three per, something like 3% of the global economy. There is life outside of our borders, and there are a great number of even better investment options that are on stateside. So what I would encourage you is to build a properly diversified portfolio. Dividend-paying financial services is going to be a, a key part of it, sure, but don't forget foreign content where most of the companies on our planet exist. So, uh, Rick, get, are you working with an advisor advice. right now? Um, I used to, but not anymore, uh, Greg. I, uh, I went on my own because I started to make more money versus working for an advisor. But I, I agree with you, uh, Mike. I have uh, a lot more. My portfolio is in uh, U.S. holdings. Great. And it's great. A great opportunity there. Uh, Absolutely. Far more robust than the Canadian market. You're right. 
Yep. Thank you so much for the phone call, Rick. I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not one of those do-it-yourself type of people. I, I never have. I, there are experts out there that uh, can really steer you in the right direction. And uh, there is a reason why people go to school and they work in, in, in all sorts of different industries. I mean, I'm glad that, uh, that you're doing well. But uh, I strongly recommend that anyone that's sitting on a, any significant amount of money to get themselves a proper advice through an experienced financial advisor that is going to you know, send you in the right direction. Um, you know, we have a few minutes um, uh, left here on, on, on the hour, Mike. Is there any one of those questions that you would like to address that it, you, you feel that is more important than the others? Well, some of the more common questions I've, I've gotten – uh, actually, an interesting one, I, I've literally gotten three times already this year. I've been approached by some more uh, wealthy individuals who, who've mm -hmm. amassed some wealth, and they've said to me, you know, I keep listening to you on the show talking about needing a financial plan. Do I need a financial plan? I mean, what would a financial plan do for me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I would say to every listener, um, wealthy, ultra-wealthy, or regular Joe, what I would say to you is every single person I have ever met in 25 years of, of building plans for people and working with my clients, I have never met a single one of them that is exactly on pace for their goals. Because being exactly on track is something that nearly, that only a handful of, your, of times will happen in your lifetime and it is for a brief moment. The rest of the time, you are either ahead of plan or behind your plan. Mm. If we looked at the number of days in your lifetime, I guarantee you there's no more than a dozen of them that you're exactly on pace. You're either ahead or behind. So what I find with the wealthier people that I deal with is they are ahead of plan. The amount of money they need to, to sustain their lifestyle, they have accumulated more. And in some cases, a vast amount more. So in that circumstance, when you've accumulated more wealth than you need to maintain your lifestyle, chances are there is a pool of money there that you will never spend. Mm -hmm. So why do wealthy people need a financial plan? Because if you're not going to spend it, two things are true. A, it makes absolutely no sense to ever play a dime of tax on money that you're never going to spend. And B, if you're never going to spend it, it's going to go to somebody else. And are we approaching the fact that that money is going to go to somebody else in the most tax efficient way possible? Chances are you're not. So mm. some people feel they've accumulated more wealth that they don't need a financial advisor. I guarantee you there is a benefit to creating a plan with one. So um, thank you to those who've reached out to us and, and we're starting that process with them. You know, what what happens, Mike? I, I know that that's a pretty involved answer. Uh, you accumulate a tremendous amount of wealth. You, you, you made some good choices. Um, and you're not working with a financial planner like yourself that, you know, specializes on high net worth people. And, um, th you, and then you die. What happens to those monies? Well, that's where the government gets involved and we start paying tax. So we have income tax that has to be paid. RSP um, assets have to be realized into income. Capital gains that have been earned but never been triggered all of a sudden become triggered. And then probate becomes an issue and we have to probate the will. And there's probate taxes on the value of the estate. So 
there's there's always a cost. It's one of the reasons why I'm a big believer in insurance. I think any time somebody passes away, there's a financial effect to the to those they leave behind, and and mm-hmm. having insurance helps to to make that easier. So, when you ultimately pass away, there's going to be some money owed, and having an understanding of what that picture looks like and taking a look at the options to mitigate those costs is a good idea. Um, I, I want to ask you for a favor. Uh, for next okay. show, when, when we're together, um, yeah. I, want, I want you to talk to the audience about life insurance, um, life insurance and disability insurance and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, over the last uh, few weeks at, at work, I've come across, you know, a few people now, like three, n- nothing, you know, enormous, but that do not know what is necessary and what sort of vehicles or tools are available to them when it comes to insurance. And this is something that you also do, no? Yes. Yeah, that's that's part of uh, developing a comprehensive plan is is looking at risk management. So insurance is a, is a key part of that, for sure. So I would love for you to take some time and uh, and dissect because it's it's not a fun topic to of conversation to to get into insurance, especially life insurance, as I call it, love insurance, because that's the money that you leave to the people that you love after you die. So that's a that's a tremendous sales job you just did there, uh, Greg. Yeah, it's so love so next time we're on the show, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a topic that's not very fun, and we're gonna spend an hour on it. So uh, please join us. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, uh, look, I if there is. If there were a set of people that can make a topic that uh, you know, you know, often doesn't uh, appear in front of us, fun is probably you and I, because I'm just like everybody else. I'm trying to figure things out, you know, as, as you as, as you talk about them. But anyways, Mike, thank you so much for joining the show this morning. Uh, you know, folks, this is Money Mike, my personal financial advisor. His email is moneymike.ca. His phone number after the show, you can call him now nine zero five three two zero six seven six two. And as usual. You know, spreading the wisdom. Mike, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. I uh, hope you're feeling better soon. Have yourselves a great uh, a great weekend, gentlemen. We'll see you again in a couple weeks. See you soon. Folks, uh, we're going to take a short break. Next hour is the hour of the grievances, and I've decided to, you know, tough it out. I'm here. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. We're going to talk about whatever is on your mind. And uh, the best phone call of the day is when I get a set of AirPods. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And we are the home of the non-commission salespeople. We'll be right back after the break. It's a rich your car and home insurance to Bel Air Direct with an online quote could save you up to $750. So you can get yourself a new set of golf clubs. Sure, you've never played around in your life, but nothing says I'm living larger like 14 shiny clubs in your front hall. Bill Air Direct. Conditions apply. CHUM AM Toronto is TSN 1050, an iHeartRadio station and the voice of Toronto sports. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests of the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Bell Media and TSN 1050. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? 
broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg. One and only Island Boys. I just want everyone to go listen to Greg Carrasco show on TSN 1050 Canada. Why is the coolest automotive radio show, man? I'ma keep it like an island boy. Go watch the show right now on TSN 1050. Oh, Greg Carrasco show. It's real old list. The Canada largest and coolest automotive radio show from the island boy. Oh, sweet mother of Zinu. <laughs> uh, we are back, folks. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about cars. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And I can tell you, I live in that place. Just don't show up empty-handed. If you come in to see me before, before 12 p.m., before 12 p.m., bring me a coffee, like a small black. I'll take it uh, because a lot of you don't want to spend the amount of money that it requires for you to bring the nectar of the angels for me, which is a venti americano with four long shots of espresso and four steamed heavy cream. Mm. Yum, yum. My mouth just waters when I think about it. So you bring me a small black, and if you come after 12 o'clock, just bring me a chamomile tea. I'm trying to just not have any caffeine. I, I can't sleep these days. But anyways, this hour is your hour. And you know, I'm, I'm going to have a bone to pick right now with uh, my buddy, Mug Hungry. He, uh, you know, he, he lives uh, by the lecture at, uh, in Bay Street in front of the Scotia Bank Arena. You know, he calls himself hungry, and uh, my brother, I'm sick, man. I am surprised that I'm still doing this hour. You know, I am literally sweating and I am shivering at the same time that I'm that I'm talking here. So, you know, I'm trying to tough it out. I'm being a trooper. You know, I know the city needs this show. The show needs to be protected at all cost because it's one of the last places on the planet that you can actually have a straight up conversation about whatever is on your mind. If you have a grievance, if you have a beef, if you have an issue, if you have a complaint, if somebody is bothering you, if you want to just like protest, call me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Now, the only thing that I want here, guys, is just, just keep it clean. This is, I, I don't want the tinfoil hats and the conspiracy theories to call the show. That This is not what this is about. You know, if you are an anti-vaccine nut job, don't call the show because there are some people that are choosing not to get vaccinated but for personal reasons, and I understand that, but there are some other people that are just denying the effectiveness and how important those things are. I, I don't want to talk to you. I just hate the way the government is going about it, which is a different conversation, but we want to keep it clean, and also, I want to stay employed. <laughs> and I know that Austin agrees with that statement because uh, you know here we walk the line every single week. 
416-870-1050 is the phone number. Best call of the day. It's going to get a set of AirPods, courtesy of the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050. Uh, you know what we're going to do? We should probably talk to Glenn and Lindsay. Glenn, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. You have the mic. Let's see. Good morning, Greg. I hope you're feeling better, and uh, thanks for hanging in this morning. Well, thank you. No problem. I uh, just want to make a few points here, if you can give me a minute to rant. It's about the uh, news and the culture of fear that's promoted uh, between, let's say, in Ontario and California, for example. Yep. I flipped back and forth on the local news the other night, and uh, ours is, I don't know, both Canada and uh, Ontario, or rather Ontario and uh, California, are both a liberal socialist mess. But the local news here presented 11 minutes of COVID before they went to a weather break. I was flipping back and forth. KTLA in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. did 13 minutes of local news before they talked anything about COVID. And our local uh, news here, behind the anchor, is a big backdrop of giant COVID viruses that look like World War II sea mines. The Uh backdrop behind the anchors in KTLA, Los Angeles, is a beautiful sunny beachscape. So I don't know what's going on. How do you explain well, like the the promotion? Listen, of, like... I, 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 this is a very valid point because I see it, and you know I posted a meme the other day with a, a little girl talking to her father, and she says, "Dad, why do people give up freedom for security?" And the dad said, "It's called the Hegelian dialectic, sweetie. Uh, they create a problem. The problem creates a reaction." If there is enough fear and hysteria, people will not only accept the solution that limits the right, but also they will actually beg for it. So this is called the Hegelian dialectic. And uh, it's something important that I think that you should probably read. Uh, I don't understand what's happening. The world is upside down to me, Glenn. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively young. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just turned 50. But um, this is not the Canada that I swore to protect when I joined the Canadian Armed Forces. I mean, the, the hysteria that we see out there right now is something beyond my level of comprehension. I mean, when I read last week that uh, England has removed all, all the restrictions. There's, there's not even mask mandates anymore, they, and they reduce the, uh, the the level of this to uh, just a common flu. And yeah. everything is open in England. And I'm thinking, okay, what are, what have we done wrong here? Yeah. What's happening? Who who is to gain by this? And and you know, the more I think about, you know, uh, it goes back to you know, uh, comrade Justin Trudeau, who is the head of the People's Republic of Canada these days. He is giving so much money away. I was reading something yesterday that was posted. I think I have it on my Instagram this morning. Uh, that ca- uh, Canada right now is quite possibly the third or the fourth largest uh, debt, international debt of all the developed nations. You know, you have Hong Kong, Lux- Luxembourg, Japan, France, Greece, and then you have Canada with 345% of the GDP in debt. So this is under the watch of Comrade Trudeau, and that needs to be corrected. But, Glenn, thank you so much for the phone call, man. I, I really like to, to talk about these things because I, I don't think that we, we have enough discussion. Uh, let's talk to, um, who do we have here? John. John, uh, how can Carrasco make your life better this morning? Yeah, just, uh, you know, I've never bought the Nissan product. What is the road going for, uh, you know, four-door, all-wheel drive, you know, locks windows? Are you serious? Do you have a computer? Well, I have a computer, but I've never bought the <laughs> Nissan product, so maybe I know, you can but tell you know, me why look, I buy the, the Nissan product over the RAV. 
You know, he, uh, you shouldn't. I mean, both vehicles are phenomenal. The RAV4 is probably one of the best vehicles ever made. The Nissan Rogue is a phenomenal product that is, is, is less money than the RAV4. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, to tell you how much a Nissan Rogue is going for, it's like there are, are I don't you, know do what you, your needs are. You they any? started around. Do you, do you have any in stock? Uh, we have a few. Um, a few. We have a few. We don't have a lot of the um, uh, of the fully loaded units because uh, every single product that has the uh, the computer chips that uh, is is created this mess no, when it comes to inventory. Company, so I'm just looking for your basic uh, rogues. Um, you are probably looking at in the low 30s, and uh, it all depends whether you want uh, you know front wheel drive or all wheel drive. All but wheel you know, drive. I encourage you. Drive. Hold on, John. I encourage you to go to the website and look at what we have in inventory because the pricing right now is, is, is all restricted to what we have in inventory. But, John, thank you so much for the phone call, man. Just go and visit the website, and that will give you everything. There is about 15 different rogues, so it's impossible for me to memorize uh, all those prices. So it's probably your best, your best bet. Let's talk to Carlos. Carlos wants to talk about cars. Carlos, how can Carrasco make your life better this morning? Yes, good morning, Craig. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. What's happening? Thank you, thank you. And thank you for taking my call. No problem. I, think I consider you as a relative, so I, any information <laughs> about cars, I'm going to call. Even though I, no problem. I, I listen, I've listened to you for many years, I rarely call, but I always listen. But I have uh, my son, who's around 22, he's looking to buy a car, and uh, he's, he wants that. It's a 2015 Hyundai Genesis Coupe 3.8 liter R spec. Okay. It's a, a dealer, a Volkswagen dealer. They want 21995 for it, and it has around six, 60,000 clicks on it. What do you think? If you were his, his father, what would you say about that? I would slap him. I'm joking, of course. Uh, <laughs> He should not be driving that car. I mean, is he buying the turbo or the uh, this the naturally aspirated one? Because there is one that comes with a two liter turbo, turbo and the other one has got a three point three. Yeah, the turbo one. Okay, so that that car will have three hundred horsepower. This yeah. is a twenty two year old kid driving a rear wheel drive car. I, 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 sorry to uh, to interrupt, but he's very re responsible. I he's listen. I understand that. Yeah. You know, Carlos, listen to me. Okay. Yes. He's going to do whatever he's going to do. If you're asking me whether the car is a good car or a bad car, that is a phenomenal car. The, the, the Genesis Coupe is, 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 is a phenomenal vehicle. That uh, is, is probably one of the most underrated sports cars out there. Uh, they're beautiful. They're reliable. Um, you know, people were not too kind to it. They, they bought them to beat them up. But, um, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, the do only – I have price? two concerns. Yeah. What's that? Do you think that what about the the, the price on it? It's well, it's a little bit high, but I mean, look, uh, the price of the vehicle is not determined by the dealer; it's determined by how much people want to pay. So, I, I my advice to you is a go go on Trader and see what vehicles like that are selling for, and then just make sure that you don't buy the most expensive one and you don't buy the cheapest one because when something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Now, today there is a there is a huge demand for used cars, so the prices have gone through the roof on on, on used vehicles. So I'm not surprised that they're asking for that much. It sounds a little heavy for me, but uh, I have two things. Um, the first one, I, I really don't like when you're buying a vehicle like that from a dealership that is not uh, a Hyundai or a Genesis store. Um, so if, if you are doing that, my strong recommendation is for you to take it to a Hyundai dealership for them to give you an assessment as to the condition of that vehicle. Because if you're going to be paying that much for that car, 
Um, I would like to get an assessment from a Hyundai store. Where is the uh, the dealership? It's in Bradford. In Bradford. Where's Bradford? Oh, North New Market? Yes. Okay, so you know the, other, the... Yes, because there's other cars like that online, uh, but for private sellers, but I'm afraid to buy it from private sellers. I'd rather buy it from a dealer where it's much more comfortable. Uh, uh, no, no, I, I understand that completely, but you see, you're buying it from a new car store, which is a good thing. Saying that, um, there was a lot of things that you know, dealerships don't know about other other brands. And uh, the, the boys and girls at uh, New Market Hyundai, they do a phenomenal job there. You know, ask, you know, can I, can I get the vehicle, take it for an inspection and take it to the local Hyundai store? And they will give you an idea of what the vehicle needs to be uh, fully safety and certified and reconditioned. And um, uh, they, they will give you a, a, a better perspective on whether the vehicle is a good car or a bad car. I, I think that that's what probably you should do before you buy it. Now, yeah. the other beef that I have is that that's too, too much of a car for a 22-year-old man. I'm sorry. But, you know, again, you know, there is, you trust your son. They are responsible. But, uh, you know, I, um, you know, my kid that just graduated from university, he's been driving an Elantra for the last six years. I won't let him asking, drive anything I, else. Yes. I've been asking, even I've spoken to him about, even you have a good deal at uh, 73 with the Rogue. 73 bi-weekly, is it correct? Yeah, something like that. I, you know, yeah. I, there was a lot of deals going on right now. But uh, you know, I think that when it comes to new cars, um, you know, is you need to go to the website and see what we have left because there isn't a lot of cars on on, on dealer dealer lots right now. Mm. Um, you know, for for a twenty two year old kid, I would say you know, get him a Nissan Kicks. It's, you know, the Nissan Kicks, in my opinion, is quite possibly the absolute best value right now in Ontario for any any brand. But, uh, you know, thank you so much for the phone call, Carlos. I, I really appreciate it. I need to move on. Uh, I yes, gotta, Sorry, Greg. I just said I got to get Carlos to call my dad and talk to him about getting me a car. Whoa. <laughs> what a, Carlos, great job. Hey, listen, you know, uh, that Carlos, uh, yeah, he's, he's old school. <laughs> he's old school. They do that. Uh, you know, Nick, uh, what's on your mind, Nick? And uh, is this a grievance? Is this a complaint? What, what are you talking about? Hey, hey, no, I'm just looking for your voice, your ear on this. First of all, you got a great producer there, Austin. Uh, he's trying to convince me otherwise, but my concern is this. Uh, <laughs> mainstream media didn't cover the fact that there was probably about seven, 8,000 people down at Dundas Square celebrating and bringing in the, uh, the new year, 2022. It wasn't uh, fake news or anything like that. We all watched it on non-traditional media, which is TikTok, and they were, they were doing a live feed. Greg, uh-huh. why, why is there a concerted effort with uh, Canadian media? Austin saying no because they're too lazy. I, that's probably the sports guys, but I'm talking about the general media, <laughs> CP24, the CBC, the Politburo, uh, the Propaganda Ministry. Why are they not covering? John Tory did not mention one iota of the gathering down at, uh, at you know, why, why is this happening in Canada? You know, I, I think that um, I, I echo what, what you're thinking um, in the sense that um, I don't understand um, what's happening with, with, our, with our media channels, with our networks. Uh, the only thing that it goes back to is this, you know, sensationalism, drama, uh, crisis, uh, fear, cells. And, you know, the, the more bombastic the, the, the drama, the, the greater the bad news, the more people stay focused on the place 
that they're going to use to sell you advertisement. Because right now it's just a competition. Who is going to get more eyeballs on this ad, on this more ears on this station, you know, more eyeballs on, on, on this TV channel. And, uh, you know, when everyone is competing for the advertising dollars, you, you better believe it that everything that is communicated to you is bad because bad news travels so much faster than good news. And, uh, you know, people don't care. <laughs> That's the reality is, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of our time looking for, you know, what's wrong with the world and stock market is going down. You know, COVID cases are going up, you know, you know, a shooting someplace. And that is what keeps our attention. And unfortunately, um, the 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 efforts that I see in media these days is to keep your attention longer by scaring you, and people are just falling for it left, right, and center. I I do not remember the last time I watched TV, man. You know, I, I restrict my TV watching to when my my kids are here on on Sunday, and uh, we watch a movie. Um, and uh, if if I ever need to watch something, I probably put a documentary on. But I do not watch the news. I do not do it. I try to get my own information from my own sources and then I make up my own mind. But I know exactly what you're talking about, Nick, and uh, I echo your sentiment. Thank you so much for the phone call. Folks, you can call me. This is the hour of the grievances. This is your hour for you about you. If you have a question, suggestion, concern, if you have any issues, if you have any beefs, if you have any grievances, if you have any complaints, if, if, if your husband is getting in your nerves, if your wife doesn't let you do what you want to do. I'll, I'm here for you. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And the best call of the day is going to get a set of AirPods. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. You are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. And uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Yes, I run those two stores. We run a tight ship. I work with a tremendous group of people. And I live at that place. I have no life except Tuesdays. I do laundry. But anyways, you can come and see me there and, and I will look after you personally. Again, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Call me. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a new radio show coming to TSN 1050. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show on TSN 1050. Callum? Yes, Michael? Mr. Jones wants to hear about your selection. Carrasco Show. Can't hear you. Are we on air right now? Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> I guess I guess we're back. I, I usually hear a, a song, so we're just gonna carry on. Um, I I can't hear my producer right now, so we are flying like I'm flying solo. Um, we have another phone call here. Um, you know, somebody wants to talk about a fifteen hundred gas station price on a car on a Kia Forte. Who wants to talk about that, um, Austin? Or can we put him on the line right now? There it is. What is your name, sir? Good morning, Greg. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. What is your name? Dominic. Hey, Dominic. How can I help you? Um, I've got a 2016 Kia Forte. Okay. EX, 80,000 kilometers. Okay. And it's standard. What, what would be the market value for a car like that? Oh, um, I know the standard many, thing how, is tough. 
Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's that's what's gonna kill it. You know, most less than two percent of Canadian cars uh, are sold with um, uh, with a standard transmission right now. You so you are eliminating ninety eight percent of the population. <laughs> so that's um, now. Which model is it? The EX, the LX? What is it's it? It's the EX uh, GDI. Okay, and uh, let me see here. How many kilometers you have in it? Eighty eight thousand. Eighty eight k. Yeah. Um, what do what do you think the vehicle is worth? While I put this information in the system, I don't know about eleven thousand. Can I get eleven for it? Or um, it's in good condition. Like there's no accidents, no nothing. Like it's in pretty good condition. Um, look, I mean, there, there are uh, there are five in the uh, within a seven hundred and fifty kilometer radius from here. The average market price for that vehicle is twelve thousand two hundred. And uh, you know, I'm gonna take a little bit of a deeper dive into this. And, um, okay, so that's what they're asking. So here's the problem. When you go into Trader, Trader doesn't tell you how long those vehicles have been sitting on dealer's lots. Like there is one here with 83,000 kilometers, a yeah. manual, the same vehicle as yours. They're asking 12.9 for it, but it's been sitting at that lot for 171 days. Yeah. Uh, there is another one here uh, for 14,000. It's been sitting in somebody's lot for 160 days. There's yeah. one for 11.2. He's been sitting there for 100 days. So that's not the price. I mm -hmm. think the price for that vehicle is probably going to be 8,900 uh, if you want to sell it. Because if you go and compete against these guys here, those cars are going to sell before yours. There is one here with 88 Ks that they're asking 10,200. And that's been sitting there for 77 days. So you, they're approaching three months with that vehicle unsold. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. No, no. I'd yeah, I, I think that I think that your selling price is probably going to be about eighty nine hundred, and sit on it and see if somebody bites. Because okay. uh, I don't think that um, if if somebody's asking ten thousand two hundred for that vehicle, you know that is before negotiation on that car. So you know you need to go deep, and then you know that would be the price that you would probably get for it. But thank you so much for the phone call, man. I really appreciate right. it, and I hope. Ha go ahead. Have a great day, Greg. Thank you, and I really All appreciate right. it. Um, right. Mike from Toronto, um, list crisis on cars. What's that? what's what's this? What does that mean? I'm sorry. Yeah, basically, I was looking at a vehicle, and they had it advertised for twenty eight thousand, and then they said finance price of twenty four thousand, and then I was like, okay, what does that even mean? So I called up the dealership, and uh, basically, I said, okay, I have this trade in. And uh, can I get this? They, I wanted to pay it off the rest cash. And they said, no, that's only a finance price. Can you explain to me exactly what a finance price is? Well, that's the price that you get if you finance the car. Oh. And some dealers, you see, dealerships, whenever they have a product, they can decide which way they want to sell it. So if, if you go into a dealership and uh, you want to pay cash, most dealerships are not selling vehicles cash right now. Can you turn the radio down? I'm getting a huge feedback from your from your car. Um, you know, most dealerships right now are not selling vehicles cash because there is a lot of wholesalers and dealers that are going into regular dealerships that are buying vehicles cash and then putting them at the auction uh, or exporting them. And we're not in the business of, you know, supporting that sort of um, business practice. So most dealerships will not um, will not sell you a vehicle cash. And then you get a price when you finance it. That's it. It's, it's not it's not that uncommon. But why is there better? How can I say a better price when it's finance? If I can um, pay for if I can pay for the vehicle outright, why should I? Why should there be a four thousand dollars discrepancy? Is there that much of a kickback for finance on it? 
No, no, there isn't. And I mean, they, they, they will tell you and it will be disclosed on your bill of sale. I mean, that was part of what we were discussing earlier on the show. Uh, if, if there is a bank uh, reserve that comes back, um, they, they will, they will disclose it for you, but I don't, I don't know the particulars. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, a $4,000 discrepancy because it's a finance and that doesn't make any sense to me at all. But saying that the, there is a lot of dealers out there that are not selling vehicles cash. And I actually encourage the practice because, uh, at least you're selling a vehicle to somebody that is going to drive it and you're not supporting, uh, you know, an underground economy that's taking place right now. And, uh, there's a lot of bad stuff going on with uh, exporting vehicles and selling them at the auction. Um, you know, I can I can call you after the show, Mike, and we can have a little bit of a deeper discussion because there is something that I'm missing here, and I don't know what it is, and I don't want to give you an opinion on something that I'm not completely clear on. But thank you so much for the phone call. Let's talk to Gina. Oh, Greg, Gina, sec, what's on your mind? Sorry, Greg. Sorry? Just because I'm doing like three things right now, just going to ask yep. the listeners that when they do get on air, just please turn down your radio because it's so hard for me to hear back. Just please turn down your radio when you're on the air. Oh, no problem. No problem. Let's talk to Gina. Gina, what's on your mind? Gina? I think that Gina didn't listen to your radio comment. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, Steve has a, you know, accident in a car. Gina's here. Gina's here. Oh, Gina's there? Okay, Gina, what, what's on your mind? Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. I was just wondering, you mentioned about all the mandates being dropped in the UK. And I was just yep. wondering, I wanted your opinion. Do you think it has anything to do with the criminal charges that were filed against the UK government uh, just recently? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm not sure uh, whether the correlation means causation here, but <laughs> there is there is clearly something that took place with a couple of parties <laughs> that uh, the prime minister uh, attended to, and uh, there, there was a lot of charges that were laid against the actual uh, British government. I, I understand what you're saying, but uh, I, I think that you need to uh, you need to be really cynical to think that the the government, in an in an attempt to protect itself against uh, a lawsuit, they're going to put the entire uh, what is it, forty five million. Uh, people at risk. I don't think that they would do that in the UK. Sixty-five. Is it sixty-five? Um, you know, sixty-five million people in, at risk. No, I think that uh, I think that some countries are seeing the light, and that's 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 all there is to it. Do you disagree with that, Gina? No, I'm just wondering. Do you think that would ever possibly happen here in Canada? Do you that, think they, that there would be some that they would reversal? open everything up. Uh, is that what you're asking me? Whether you, I think that this is going to happen in Canada, where they're yeah, going to open everything up? Yeah, they're going to reverse the mandates, and you know. Well, look, I I think that the biggest challenge that Canadians have had, and the frustration that is in everybody's minds, is that we don't have, uh, you know, high office making a decision, making an actual decision. Because, you know, they, they, they talk about lockdowns. No, they haven't really done a lockdown. So, you know, it's a, if, you, if you are wishy-washy about everything, nothing is going to yield the concrete results. If you're going to lock it down to make sure that you get rid of this thing, lock it down. You know, stay in for a month. And if you're not going to do that, then open it back up. You know, open everything up. Let it, let people get vaccinated if they want to. Deal with the in individual choices that people make. And that's that. We are all tax contributors to our society. We deserve a day in the hospital. 
the, you know, this is part of what I pay. My tax burden is enormous. And I think that people should not be treated like children. We are adults. We know what is best for us. But unfortunately, you know, the big brother system, uh, you know, that we have right now in Canada is making decisions for us. And that I will forever resent this. And I can tell you this. I am a Canadian by choice. And now I'm looking at properties in Florida because I'm going to get out of here whenever uh, the first opportunity that I have. You know, I am I'm so done with what the government is doing here that uh, I have been so turned off that, uh, you know, you hear it on, on the show here every Saturday because we talk about this freely. Gina, thank you so much for the phone call. I really appreciate it. You got me upset. <laughs> now, folks, if you call in the show, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And still, you know, the best call of the day is going to get a set of AirPods. Uh, yeah, we have Steve on the line. Steve, how can I make your life better this morning? Good, good morning, long-time listener. Thank um, you. My son was driving a 2014 Mazda 3 GT Sport um, and a head-on car hit a bicycle, a uh, guy riding a bike, across the center median and smashed into the quarter panel of this vehicle. Um, the car has now been taken to a uh, auto body shop by the recommendation of his insurance company. So my question is, the replacement value on that vehicle obviously is not going to be what used cars are selling for these days because with the demand of cars and whatnot, the prices are through the roof. Yeah. How, is he going to, how is he going to get his best dollar for replacement value if they write it off? Well, I think that uh, the replacement value is very easy to achieve. You need to just go to the web and see what equivalent vehicles are being sold for and you present that to your insurance. You know, you, so, they need to give you enough money to replace the vehicle that was just written off. That's the whole concept of uh, replacement insurance. Our concern is like three airbags deployed in the back, and the replacement value of those are going to put it through the roof. Repair, no, repair what year is the car? Uh, 2014. Oh, no, no, that thing is a write-off. <laughs> that thing is a write-off. The airbags alone are going to cost, they're going to cost you more money than the car itself. So, you know, I think that it's going to be a full write-off. Um, you know, this is an easy process, man, but I don't think that you would qualify for full replacement with your insurance right. because that only happens for the first not the first three years or so. so whatever I could be wrong. Value, but... Whatever the black book value of that car is would not replace that vehicle right now with, with like used cars. Like I just bought myself a used car recently, and I paid well more than the car was worth because of the demand right now. Well, again, this is and that is a valid conversation to have with your insurance company. I, and I think that you need to bring a couple of samples of what the, the value of that vehicle that you're looking at replacing is. And that I think that there is a logical argument that could be had with the insurance company. Um, you know, if, if, if you're ever driving around in, um, you know, in Oakville, drop by and I'll tell you what's in the market. I mean, I have all the access to all the information and I can help you that way. But uh, I hope that... Um, you know, what I told you is going to help you in, you know, in some way. But thank you so much for the phone call, Steve. Uh, folks, this is the, uh, you know, this is the fastest hour. I'm feeling terrible. You know, my fever is going through the roof. It's like I feel my brain burning. But um, I, uh, I think that we should probably take a, a short break. Um, your, your phone calls are welcome. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. If you have a question, suggestion, concern, issues, grievances, beefs, call me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. We'll be right back after the break. But only on the left side. Yeah, that's the side. Ain't no other way to play the game the way I play. I cut so much you thought I was a DJ.
My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons, and now we have show on TSN 1050 Canada's largest and coolest automotive radio show. Man, I'ma keep it like an island boy. Go watch the show right now. Guys are ridiculous. They're ridiculous. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco show here. I, the, 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 the two songs were playing at the same time, so those were the island boys in the background giving a shout out to the Carrasco show. 416 870 is the phone number. And we are here every Saturday morning having a real talk with real people about real things. And that doesn't seem to happen very often. You know, we have another phone call here with uh, Claudio, and uh, he wants to talk to me about a contract on a Tesla. Claudio, how can I make your life better this morning? Hi, good morning. Um, so, uh, my question is in regards to a, uh, a repair that I had done on my uh, Tesla Model S. Um, so, I went to a Tesla-approved garage. Uh, the car was uh, seven months old at the time. Uh, so, somebody hit the rear quarter panel uh, and scratched the bumper. Um, and uh, the, you know, uh, the owner of the company that, uh, that I deal with uh, quite a bit said, you know, don't put it through insurance. Uh, go ahead and get the repair done and, you know, we'll cover it. So, that's what we did. So I went to um, uh, a Tesla-approved garage. Um, so they, when I initially went there for the quote, um, I had to pay for the parts uh, up front because it was not an insurance uh, uh, coverage. Claudio, you need to ask. You need to ask the question. You're losing me. Ask me the question. So I signed a service repair agreement uh, where they asked if I wanted any or all of the parts uh, returned uh, after the repair, which I said yes. Uh, when I went to drop off the car two months later, after the parts were in, uh, they gave me the same service agreement, same service agreement number, um, which I signed again. But that uh, portion where uh, I had uh, Claudio, I Claudio, I need, I need to stop you, man. Hold on a second. I need to stop you. I am completely lost on what you're saying. So, you know, what I'm going to do, because I don't want to lose the entire audience. There was tens of thousands of people listening to me right now. I'm going to call you after the show. Can, Austin, can you take his phone number so I can help him? Because I, I, I don't know what he's talking about right now. And um, I, I don't want to get into this. We don't only have a few minutes left. Claudio, come on, man. You know, we need to be concise. Ask me the question. I'll give you an answer if I have one. And I know that you have to give me, you know, a, a preamble. You need to give me a preface, an explanation. But, you know, when we get too deep into this, we lose everybody. It's like, ah, you know, people fall asleep. You know, we, uh, we have George. George wants to talk about the car shortage. George, what's going on? Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Greg. I'll be concise. Uh, I live around the Scarborough area, and I, I just can't believe the lack of cars at the Nissan Scarborough dealership next to it, Hyundai. It is shocking to see, and, and, you know, I listen and I hear that Toyota is shutting down plants. So my question is, is this a long-term problem? Because clearly these, these uh, dealerships cannot keep all this land empty with no cars being moved. And, of course, the, the plants have to sort of consolidate because they're not moving as many cars because of the chip shortage. Is this going to be a long-term problem? Because once you shut down or mothball a plant, you just can't fire it back up again. So supplies are going to be short for a while. And will these dealerships consolidate? Because you can't have open lots and just a parking lot there. So will they consolidate going forward? Um, I think that uh, you know the U.S. has the right approach. I mean, you can you can have three, four, five, ten different brands within the same building. Uh, I, I think that this whole notion of giant having these giant uh, you know facilities to sell cars that you can buy on the web is absurd. Unfortunately, it's not up to us. But uh, this product shortage, I don't see it going away anytime soon. You know, I, I said this about. 
maybe seven or eight months ago, I think that this is going to be, you know, a two to four year situation because right now the vehicles that we are delivering are not the cars that we're selling right now. These are cars that we sold six, seven months ago. So we haven't even right. caught up yet. It, and this is a big problem because I can tell you this, you know, if you're not buying a car right now, you are going to delay the inevitable. The interest rates are going up. The prices are going up. The price is always determined by the demand. And right now it's a seller's market. There isn't enough product. So there are no discounts. There are, you know, people are paying three, four, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars above list as a market right. adjustment on the vehicles that they're buying. And because they need a vehicle desperately, they're just paying it. So and I wanna, it's, um, it's interesting what's happening. Can I ask one question too? I know a, a friend of mine is trading in, is, is leasing a Porsche, and to get the new one, because the lease is coming up, they say, we'll give you another Porsche, but you won't have all the features. There's no heads up display, collision mitigation. Yep. They're selling it to Porsche without all the options on it because of the chip shortage. I can't believe yep. they're doing that, but that's possible, I guess, eh? It is. I mean, and we, uh, we are seeing car manufacturers decontenting their product. They will be like, uh, the, the light version of a specific car. That, um, that you can buy without the, the big screen because the screen, the TFT screens is a big problem. In most right. vehicles that have those big screens are the fully loaded product that unfortunately, I live in Oakville and a lot of Oakvilleites like to drive the, the most expensive and biggest and shiny products. Those are the yeah. products that we don't have. So I, I don't think that this is going away, it's going to go away anytime soon. And you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating that you are making that observation as a, as a member of the public. But, uh, you know, I really appreciate your phone call, George. I, I, you know, I hope that, um, you know, what I share with you, um, you know, sh showed you something that you didn't know. But thank you for the phone call. Thank Let's you. talk to Jeff. And Jeff, I need to, you know, I, I, I implore that you don't bore me because a lot of people can't tell stories. Jeff, I'll, I'll talk my, to me. I will do my best. You know, if I bore okay. you, I'll apologize right now. You know, firstly, for your cold or whatever, I'm sorry you're feeling feeling a little under the weather. Yeah, grab some chicken soup, man. You know, it, it always helps. So, <laughs> chicken soup uh, for the soul. Thing, so I, anyways, I had a Dodge journey about five, six years ago. It was time to, to lease came up, time to trade it in. And uh, so I went and bought another car. And so I went to the, to the Nissan dealer and uh, took me for a test ride in the Fiat. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really want the journey again. So I figured I'd give the guy the business. And he said, so I went in there and I couldn't fit in the back. I was kind of a big guy and didn't listen to my needs or anything like that. So um, the guy tried to jam it down my throat, the sales manager, just, oh, it's great to take this deal. And I finally said, oh, yeah, I'll be back on Monday. I'll buy, you the, I'll buy the car. So I went into the Nissan dealer right next door. Went in, looked around, sat in the vehicles. I said, okay, I, think, I like this Nissan Road. I can kind of fit in it and everything like that. So I saw some salesman sitting in the back. I said, hey, buddy, take me on a test drive. So went on a test drive. And the next thing you know, I went after the test drive. Uh, car came in about 100 bucks less than the journey. I said, hey, this is, this is going to be a good day. So I went in there and... Um, <laughs> Jeff, you're losing me, brother. Oh my God. What, what what is tell me what the point is of the story. I wanna know. I really wanna there's know. No, there's the point of this story is that uh, <laughs> I had a good time buying a Nissan Rogue and uh, I bought the car and uh I got some business for my coffee and it was all because of Nissan. As I said, it's light from all the other clients that all the other uh, callers that you had today. That that's awesome. And uh, what is the name of the dealership that you had such a great time buying a Nissan uh, from? It's Will. They're at Young and Steels. Willowdale Nissan, maybe. 
Yes, of course. That, uh, the, that's own, is own, owned by my buddy, uh, Mark Falkenberg. You know, Jeff, thank you so much for the phone call, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, the, Nissan, they do a pretty good job. You know, I've known the owner, Mark, for, I don't know, almost 30 years now. He's one handsome dude. I don't know how old he is now. He's got to be like 60-something, but, you know, he doesn't look it. He's got long hair. He's like super chill. When I stand beside him, it's like we're barely the same species. <laughs> He makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, shout out to Mark Falkenberg from Willowdale Nissan. Whatever. You know, he doesn't have the accent though because he's, you know, I think he's, he's of German descent. Germans sound angry all the time. But he doesn't have an accent though, you know. You know, my charms come from other areas. Uh, you know, I wanted to share with all of you folks something that um, that I called on this show about maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. This whole push for electric cars doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make sense. When you break it right down to it, you're not being any more helpful to the environment. It, that's not what what's happening. I understand that most car manufacturers are going that direction, but you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you know, for uh, this, this statistic is old now, it's from 2019. But uh, at the time, 2% of all the vehicles sold worldwide were uh, electric. And 90% of those 2% were sold in California. So what's happening in California is this. Uh, number one, in California now is charging electric vehicle drivers a fee to log into the grid. Not to charge the car, just to be part of the grid. And uh, this sent um, Elon Musk through the roof. He's been fighting with the government of California uh, because this is going to have a, an actual material impact on the money that people pay that are driving electric vehicles. So that's number one. You know, Now they're charging you a, a fee, a membership fee, just to be part of the grid. Number two, the government of California is asking people to not charge their electric vehicles because they are overloading the electrical grid in the state. Imagine that, that you are not allowed to charge your electric vehicle because you are overloading a grid that is already taxed by the tremendous amount of usage, especially in, you know, in summertime with air conditioning and then here in Canada, the heating and air conditioning in, bo in both seasons. But you know, the most interesting thing that I have come across over the last little bit is this. Uh, the Insider um, had an article a little while ago that says that one in five electric vehicle owners in California switched back to gas because charging their cars is a hassle. And this is what the research has shown. You know, roughly 20% of all electric vehicles are being returned because the massive nuisance that it presents to find a charging station that will allow you to charge at a reasonable time. You know, imagine here, you know, it's minus 100 outside right now. Every time you crank up the heat, you lose kilometers. Every time you turn on the radio, you lose kilometers. Every time you put the window up or down, you lose kilometers. And that, you know, you see your range disappearing. You know, the, the insider says, in roughly three minutes, you can fill the gas tank of a, of a Ford Mustang and have enough range to go about 300 miles on a V8. 
But on a recent 200-mile trip from Boston to New York in the Mustang Electric Mach-E, the variant, um, Axion's Dan Primack said that he felt a panic as the battery level dipped below the 23%. You know, this range anxiety is killing more people from buying electric vehicles than anything else. And I can tell you, I tried it. I got an electric car and I couldn't use it. Because I felt that it was like my cell phone. I, I, I was slave to the wall. And I don't want to be slave to a wall. I want to get, I, you know, if you provide me an electric vehicle that I can go into the local, you know, electric station and I can go and plug it in for three minutes, load it up, I have 600 kilometers, off I go. That's the one thing that I don't have as an executive of a car company. I don't have time. And I see even some of my guys that have bought electric vehicles. Their vehicles are always plugged. You can never stay away from a plug with an electric car. And that's going to be a big problem. And, you know, it was Don Romano that said this. You know, we don't have the infrastructure to change at the timeline that uh, Comrade Trudeau wants to implement here in the People's Republic of Canada. Imagine you have a condo downtown Toronto with 2,000 cars in the underground parking lot. Are we going to have 2,000 charging stations? Guess what's going to happen <laughs> to the electricity at that condo? What is going to happen if you have a power outage? Nobody's going to be able to go to work the next day. This is insane. But anyways, I thought that that was an interesting observation from the insider. And I didn't know that the percentage of people returning electric cars back to the manufacturer was that high, 20%. So I encourage you to research the your next purchase a little bit more than you think because I, you may have good intentions, but like they say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Folks, thank you so much. And I apologize that my energy level has not been uh, where it, it's normally at. I am super sick. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on, but uh, you know my temperature is like through the roof and... Uh, um, I thank you for bearing with me. And if, if the show didn't come out as it normally happens, um, it's, it's, it's my fault. <laughs> but anyways, if you need to come and see me and you need some objective, bit my fault honest too. car... What's that? A little bit my fault too. No, 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 don't, please. Um, you know, if you, if you need some objective car advice... You need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. The boys and girls are doing an amazing job. And uh, last year was one of the biggest years that the company's ever had. We're doing something right. And you owe it to yourself to come and see me before you make any car buying decision. You know why? Because there's something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com. It's been an honor serving with you all. Listening to this show is like watching a French bulldog eating lunch off a Brillo pad. I don't know what it means. This is Mike Robitaille, and you're listening.